Hello, everyone. It's April the 19th of 2023, and it's time to talk about manga. Oh, 41923. <laughs> Math. So. What? Uh, oh, 4 plus 19. Oh, yeah. okay. Math. Math. I didn't think I, about that until today. I thought it was going to be much more nerdy than that. You're like, well, these are both yeah. actually prime numbers who have their base roots in well, uh, tritary uh, cosines. Well, I mean, 19 and 23 are both prime numbers, yes. I feel so dumb when I'm with you sometimes. I'm, I'm just like a big, dumb, a big empty dope. And you're just like, all the knowledge gravitates around you. Like if you were to put us next to each other and represent our intelligence to like orbit, you have like several stars and like galaxies orbiting around you. And I just have this big, ugly space shuttle that swirls around me and then crashes wildly into a wall. I don't know. That sounds pretty fun. See, I was going to make a remark like, see, guys, you know, it's we're doing this on April 19th. So you learn stuff about prime numbers instead of if it were April 20th, you just make pot jokes. But I don't know. I, I, I always get self-conscious when people call me smart. So maybe I would have preferred that. OK, well, uh, no, we're going to make a bunch of prime number references today. Hold on. I'm going to look up a bunch of prime numbers okay. and I'm going to be uh, really fucking smart today. Holy shit. You guys are going to be blown away. All right. Oh my God, oh, what are these? There's so we, many. What are they? <laughs> there's, yes, there's so many. There's so many, Nick. Yes, theoretically, there are infinite prime numbers. Like, <laughs> why can't I just get a cool, quick list of them? I I don't know. I'm pretty sure there are lists of them, Quinn. I I'm pretty sure that there are lists of prime, prime numbers, numbers. List. Two, three, five, seven. Oh, 11, wow. There 13, is a list. Okay. 17, 19, 23, 29, 31. I can't remember if 37 is one. I think it is. 41, 43. And that's where I lose it. So. Yeah. Anyhow. So. Anyway, speaking of nerd things, uh, we have manga to talk about today. <laughs> Do we? Yes. I mean,. Unless we wanted to not talk about manga today, but there are chapters, and I feel like people want us to talk about at least one of them. So Okay. We're going to talk about just one manga today. And right, let's talk if you're good, maybe we'll keep going and do the rest. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Right. You we'll being, of to... course, the collective audience. The collective you. The, yes, the, the, the royal you, as yeah. it's also known. Yes. And if any uh, one so... of you is bad, we're going to turn this car around and we're going to go right back to Winnipeg. <laughs> Why, why, is that where we're, is that where the podcast starts from? Yep. It, is Start. we start in Winnipeg? Uh -huh. Oh, for Canadians. Is it right? I yes, that's not news to me uh, at all. Uh, we're Nick, you have your passport, right? Your Canadian passport. <laughs> uh, Quinn, shut up. <laughs> uh, in truth, no. It's just because that's where the Simpsons joke is. Where oh, uh, Bart okay. and all of them are driving down the car, and next to them, there's like two kids arguing in the backseat of a car, and the dad's like, "That's it. If one of you does one more thing, we're turning. We're not going to Disneyland because they're in like they're, they're like in South Carolina at this point, or something like that, or Nashville." And then like Nelson reaches over and smacks the dad in the back of the head. He's like, "That's it. Back to Winnipeg." <laughs> and just turns the car on a dime and goes back that way. And I've always loved like that's such a long car trip. <laughs> That's that's dedication to being resentful of your children. <laughs> it really is. It's like, no, I'm going to drive angrily for four days. To get back there. <laughs> yep. 
All right, Nick, let's talk about My Hero Academia. I guess we should. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on right now, and we get one of those, like, Naruto or One Piece style, here's just where everyone is, uh, Battlefield maps, that shows, honestly, one-tenth of all the relevant characters involved in this multi-location battle that's going on. Yes. Uh, because the only thing that's really sh uh, being shown off is the fact that a bunch of heroes are trying to dogpile all for one and prevent him from uniting with Shigaraki all for one. Mm -hmm. uh, that is all that we really see of this. And it looks like a collective group of forces are holding back the uh, people. I can't tell how many are there that they have playing. There's a, there's a few that are all holding off uh, Toga's doubles. Uh, yeah. How, how many are they like signifying it with? Uh, five. And five, ladies and gentlemen, is a prime number. That's right. Mm -hmm. yes. It took me a second to realize that you, that you were geared Guys, right. write that down in your notebook. Your yep. little notebook. Yep. Five, five, five is a prime number. Five is a prime yeah. number. Five. Carry on. It's, it's nice. It's a very nice prime number, honestly. It really is. It's nice, nice, nice and round. Yeah. Also, you can brag about how many championships you've won. So. Mm -hmm. Five time WCW champion. Five. Five time, five time, five time, five time, five time. So all of the heavy hitters are just hitting all for one over and over again. Uh, there is a problem in when Mount Lady's last uh, tool that has been giganticized by uh, by rule uh, uh, Yui uh, breaks, uh, and they're like, "Well, all that's left lying around is Detnerat stuff." Denerat specialize in like making stuff for people with quirks, so I don't know. I feel like some of it might be better to hit someone with than yeah, dude. Like a just wrench. hit him so with a I giant do. like fucking like mutant crutch or whatever the fuck. Like it really feels like there's useful things there. It's not like make another like, screwdriver big for me. No, <laughs> don't have any of those. All I've got is this massive glave that steals your soul. Yeah. So, all right, I guess it'll do in a pinch. But <laughs> it's it's I really not... want that screwdriver. <laughs> It's us that they're like, look, I'm sorry, Dentrat only makes pillows and pillow accessories. I, uh, it's that's never gonna work. Like maybe if I tried it really, really hard. I'm just imagining the version of this where all for one is acting like, ah, oh, my plan is coming together. Ow! What? That, that, that's a giant. Okay, don't do that. Don't don't hit me with a pill. This hurts more than I thought it <laughs> would. Shit. Being hit really hard with a pillow actually kind of hurts. <laughs> It'll be great if after a couple times he's just like, mm, it's kind of comfy, and then he just goes to sleep. That's how they beat all for one. Is he, they just they they rock him to bed, but bye. Wait a minute, is this made with goose feathers? Ah! <laughs> I'm allergic. <laughs> You're like you have so many quirks. Why did you keep the one that made you allergic to goose feathers? <laughs> Oh, you know the, the 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 that's really just a side effect of it. The the, the primary effect of it is that I'm is that I'm allergic to tea. So why would you want that too? It's like, look, I don't like tea. You know, I just like having an excuse built in. Like, if someone wants to serve tea, it's like, no, no, I'm allergic. Then they <laughs> they're like, you're allergic else. to plants and tea. water. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> that's why it's a quirk. <laughs> you're allergic to all plants. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've thought this. I'm not sure if you've thought this through. <laughs> this feels like a big weakness. <laughs> you throw fucking peppermint leaves in his face. He's just like, 
this 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 uh this salsa is is a, is a little bit bland. I better add some more spices to it. Oh, oh no! <laughs> why why didn't I take that throat expanding quirk? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, so everyone's punching uh, all for one. They end up punching him into the ground, but a giant thing shoots outward. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's an all-for-one thing. He makes his uh-huh. a limb into a giant thing and knocks it into Mount Lady and it's, I guess leaves a gash in her side because blood goes everywhere. Uh, so she goes down. He then lashes out a Gigantomachia with it too. Blood goes everywhere as there from him. And all-for-one starts bragging about stuff. Uh, but And he says... Something dark brews within me. The younger I revert, the more untamable it grows. And he fires this massive lightning bolt through dark shadow uh, and also blows Hawks and Tokuyami out of the air. And, uh, he, you know, All for One says All for One things, uh, talking uh-huh. about uh, latent potential and how great youth is. Uh but with all the heavy haters down, uh, things are are very very bad, and uh, that Wheeler just cut to black as he seemingly just kind of mops up everyone. Uh, and then he was like, "I'm gonna go take that Tokiyami kid's quirk because he hit me really hard, and I want that shit." Uh, and but Hawks has gotten in his way and has tried to stab him with one of his hawk feather things. Uh, and all for one's like, get out of my way while well, he's literally holding Hawks up in the air. So it's like, dude, you, you're just making your own obstacles at this point. You can just like walk, go around him, it feels like, but whatever. He takes Hawks' Fierce Wings ability. Just <gasps> having that. Oh, he needs that. Uh, he doesn't think very much of the Fierce Wings ability, uh, seemingly. He talks trash about it. It's like, well, I don't know why you took it then, but he took it. Uh, and uh, Hawks, in the middle of this, I guess, just has the moment of just kind of, you know, like, I'm I'm dying, so everything just kind of, like, is making sense to me. It's like, oh, the quirks you, you stock work outside your body and don't mesh so well when you're rewinding. Sucks to be you. Yeah, yeah. He's in a bad situation. You're right, buddy. Yeah, he's it's looking uh, pretty rough for old all for one right now. <laughs> uh... And uh, so he takes the feather blade out of his body and then a little sticky thing hits, uh, hits off for one of the back of the leg. Because fucking Mineta is like, I'm going to stop this guy. Uh, and uh, he sells all for one. If you steal Dark Shadow, it's just going to turn you into a cringy edgelord. <laughs> you should take my quirk instead. Because you're going to awesome hair, too. <laughs> as though he isn't already. Like, all for once, like, please, I was please. born in darkness. <laughs> Shit, that's a pretty good line. I oh, my use God. That later. <laughs> this is so cool. I'm so cool. Uh, but there's, you know, a nice moment here where Bermuda is like don't take Tokoyami's quirk it's like yeah 
that's nice. He's stand up for his classmate. He knows how important that quirk is to his friend because his quirk is literally has its own personality. So don't take that from him. That'd yeah. be mean. They used to sleep together in a little bed. It was so cute. You can't do that. You're not going to sleep with it in the bed. You're going to be like a big stupid jerk. <laughs> it's going to make it sleep outside. Yeah, it's like, sleep in my box. It's like, no, I want to sleep in a little beddy by with you. Why are you why are you summoning me? Like <laughs> I don't get it. You just don't seem to like me. You don't have to take me. You don't I don't have to be get outside. <laughs> uh and uh all for one spots the news chopper. Uh one of the news choppers, I guess, because there is a second one. We know this. It's been established. It's very important that there were two. Uh, and all for one's like, ha, now people are going to see that I kicked all your asses and the people aren't going to like heroes all over again. Uh, yeah, era, not, things are not going so well, but there's still a glimmer of hope, <gasps> according to uh, Hawks, who's not doing so well. So all for one flies off. Uh, then we cut to some of the underground tunnels where people are taking shelter in the UA metal cube system that's protecting everyone but it's lost power people aren't moving anymore and we kind of cut inside to see some of the people that you know we have are actually like characters like Todoroki's family those kids from Bakugo and Todoroki's uh, uh, license exam and uh, they're they're uh, watching the news and they're also reacting to everything and uh, there's some people who are like, man, this sucks. We put our faith in heroes and this is what we get. It's like, all right, you want to go out there and fight <laughs> yeah, the, the guy like, who wants to kill everyone? Yeah, go stop him then, champ. Fucking grab your shovel and try to glonk him on the back of the head. See if that'll take him out. Uh, just skipping straight from, like, any sense of, like, denial to, I knew that they all sucked. It's like, all right. <laughs> I guess it's like... It's not an unbelievable thing that there would just be douchebags like that who are just like, right. I can't believe the United Forces of Earth got defeated by the aliens. They really let us down. But like, it is one of those things. What do you want, champ? Like, <laughs> it's, it's nobody else. No one's going to do a better job. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like it's your sports team. You can't just be like, really, this all came down to coaching. That's been a problem for years. It's not. It's also not like politics or whatever. It's like, oh well, if the guy I voted for had won, we would be in this mess. It's like, no, they're the strongest people <laughs> who will defend you. That's just it. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, it is just kind of weird. But yes, as you said, there would just be assholes in this situation, I guess. But it just really kind of drives. I was like, wow, you just got, you're just kind of an idiot. All right. People in uh, the kind of police task force headquarters are uh, realized that like shit, uh, all for one's moving east. Uh, something's going on here. Uh, La Brava, La Brava says that she has taken control of the evac system, and some some of the blocks are on the move, but one of them has been stopped from the inside. And oh right, remember when it was established that there there's like people like working for all for one who are who are if infiltrated is like yes th th there's here th he's here this guy or him him this guy whose name we never learned all for one's follower guy ah evil mash he does look like mash yes uh so he's completely lost any contact with skeptic and all for one's forces uh so he's like all right well i'm just gonna do the thing uh, and he he starts to utilize a quirk so that he his quirk so that he can 
uh, commits sabotage. Gunhead uh, was apparently guarding this facility and is like, I found him! <laughs> so it's a good thing that the one guy lurked off into a corner to do this, I guess. He yeah. was just really obvious about sneaking away. Is like, I hope yeah, no he, one sees he me. He did it with like his hands up. Do, 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 do. He paused every five steps in order to like look really obviously around himself. Nobody saw me! Good! <laughs> yeah, excellent! Dude. <laughs> Uh, also, Kendo is down here, and Tetsu 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 Tetsu. Mm-hmm. Good to know. But uh, the ceiling starts to collapse as a result of this sabotage. Not sure exactly how, but it does. People are going to die. Oh no, something's falling on them. But a large figure stops it and catches the rubble and protects them. What? What's happened here? Uh, it's. It's. I've got to look up this guy's name Death Arms. What? The one. That's the his one name? Guy. The one guy who quit. Yeah. That, his name was his, Death Arms? His name's Death Arms. I assumed his name was something stupid like construction guy or <laughs> heavy machinery or some shit. Like, Death Arms is way too cool for the design that he has. <laughs> what, are you gonna, what are you gonna call yourself? Death Arms. All right. So do you have like skulls for fists? Yeah, I've got, I've got big fists. I punch hard. All right, but do like when you punch hard, do you like summon the souls of the damned in order to do your brains? And no, I just punch hard. No, just hit them really tough. All right, well, I guess you locked down death arms. <laughs> yeah. Someone's like, I think it was a mistake for us to say first come, first serve when it, it comes to powers. There's <laughs> like a guy who has like tendril demon arms. He's like, I agree. <laughs> I, I do feel like someone shouldn't get to squat on cool hero names like this. Oh, shut up, Squeedly Deedly. You're just bitter. <laughs> there, look, it was my next best option. It really wasn't. <laughs> I tried uh, Death Arms with a Z and they said I couldn't do it. Uh, yeah, so Death Arms, who forsook, you know, being a hero and stuff, uh, he saw people in d- were in danger, he became a hero again. He protected them. Oh, yeah. hero yeah. to we yeah. something, something, true heroes. Meanwhile, uh, there's still more. To- there's still more. There's one more page. Todoroki and Ida are uh, beaten up after, you know, Dobby won. Uh, but Todoroki's like, I haven't given up yet. It's not over yet. Also, Stain is there, and he's going to do something. Okay, so that's that's our chapter. It's a very weird up and down chapter. It very so. much is. Uh, there's, I mean, this is my hero's pacing at this point, which is yeah. like a little chaotic. A lot of things like we have like six storylines. Let's jump around all of them very quickly. Uh, it's it is interesting though because like. The opening, as you mentioned, like the opening little like cover graphic to show where everyone is, like doesn't cover like three of the like scenes that we then close in on. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of different fights going on. I think it's fine though. Like this is like the dramatic like turnabout to the villains again. Like oh, all these cool heroes that showed up and were really just beating the crap out of all for one. Like they're all down now. Like what's gonna happen? Uh, but then we end on like this glimmer of hope. Like okay. You know, Todoroki is trying to get somewhere. It looks like Ida's trying to help him. And all oh, right, Steen is involved in all this still. So, 
Yeah, we shall say what happens. Yep. Uh, and it'll be uh, interesting to see how stuff might turn going on here. There seems to be an implication that Stain is at the site where the Todoroki family battle took place. Uh, and Toya specifically uh, was uh, kind of interested in what he was doing. Uh, it wasn't as big a thing for his character as it was for Spinner. But I wonder if that will that uh, mm. very long ago established thing might come into play here. What's he we'll have next to him in that panel where he's on the roof? Is I like don't a, know. Is that like his goblin guy, glider? Is that how he gets around? I've had this the whole time. <laughs> I always ride around on like a hang glider that's powered by jets. That's my thing. Besides the sword and no-no's. It's it, look, it's a very good idea to have a glider thing because, you know, you float above everyone while you're slashing them. Mm-hmm. It's right? just science. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, good times. That was very Ooh. fun. Nick, let's talk about Undead Unlock, though. This is number 155. Mm. You seem to be in trouble. So we open with Sean, a.k.a. Unseen, who is upset. Sure, not sure about the way you read that chapter title, I feel like. <laughs> you know. You seem to be in trouble. Um, I'm going to keep an eye on my own webcam for a bit. Yeah. Your <laughs> door opens and I'm there. You're like, what the fuck? I'm still in this screen now. <laughs> like, hi, Nick. <laughs> um, Sean is upset uh, and is like saying to Fuko, like, hey, why aren't you bringing me along? The two of us had like a really cool combo going on. You don't understand how like capable I am. And Fuko's like, no, it's just like we're doing the best we can to like factor in everything into our situation to pick just the people we need to be so let's say also she's in she's in one of those gyroscope astronaut training things while doing this (laughs) yes she is as well uh she's like look there's a lot of like factors to consider for example let's say you pass out and get thrown into space no one would ever find you if you were unseen you know so you would just float there unable to be found by anyone for all eternity and Sean's like turns invisible and is like, you can try to scare me all you want, but it won't give up. <laughs> Runs away. Um, we do get a quick scene of, I assume that's Yasuo, who is just like, we'd be able to see him with thermovision, though, right? You don't need to freak him out. And Fuko, like, pulls, like, stops and says, actually, maybe it's Nico. Uh, I think it is Nico. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Fuko's like, no, you don't understand. Like, negators abilities are constantly changing so there's there's a real chance that he could become so invisible nothing could detect him like that is a real thing uh sean runs off starts crying ends up running into gina unchange uh and he's like oh hey you're 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 doing better and uh you know he thanks her like thanks for saving me on the battlefield and everything like that and gina's like i did save you grabs him by the collar. is like, which means you owe me. I want to go to space too, and you're going to get me there. Uh, and he's like, but you're not clear to us. Like, I'm better now. I'm fine. Uh, and Gina basically goes to explain, like, Fuko is always going out there doing all these dangerous things. Who's to say, like, what I can and cannot do? I'm going to be there, you know, until the day we slay God. I'm Fuko's number two. I can't afford to rest when I'm needed. And Sean's like, yeah, I I feel the same. I finally found a place where I belong, so I'm going to keep getting stronger and, like, keep up with these people, basically. So they're like, all right. Uh, even throws in there, he's like, I'm going to surpass everybody. 
even you. And Gina's like, I like your spirit. Gina is like very quickly just become the old unchanged now. <laughs> she's no longer like the meek flower from before. Uh, so she's like, all right, I assume you have a plan. And, uh, or sorry, Gina uh, is like, yes, I do have a plan. Let's go. So they, they see the ship and they're like, yeah, I want to sneak us aboard. But that's not as simple as the plan. Like, yes, you could turn both of us invisible. We could physically get on board that way. But <laughs> we need to power up your unseen, basically, because they will notice if there's any kind of, like, weight addition. Everything is, like, being calculated on this ship. So, like, we need to change, basically, how your unseen works. So we, we see this power-up thing where it's like, look, you can't be seen machines technology everything like that could still read you so you need to make this scale read zero you need to become unseen to the scale essentially and uh sean's just like wait how the fuck do i do that <laughs> uh and it's like he makes a joke he's like are you telling me just to die and she's like no 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 just listen when you look at the scales read it's obvious that you are right here, meaning you aren't totally unseen yet. So you have to expand your interpretation of being seen, and you'll be able to uh, negate things that can indirectly see you on top of that. And the trick is coming to grips with your heart, and that's how you do it. And judging how by how far the rocket is, it's going to blast off in just a couple of days. So you need to evolve before then, and then we'll hide in the cargo and go into space with them. So I'm going to go handle all of that. You work on um, enhancing your ability. Uh, we're kind of in like the Dr. Stone stage <laughs> of this series because gotta the, go. gotta the, go. the next page, he's done it. He's, he's figured it out, which is a little disappointing, but we'll, we'll get to that at the end. Um, two days later, like, I think we've gotten it. Uh, they start going through the final checks. It's like the main strike team is, is on the ship. You know, these two are hiding in the, uh, in the back end. You know, Sean's using his ability. Nico's like, all right, time to do the readout data. And everything looks normal. Let's take off. Boom. They fly off into space. Um, they they make it there. They start, like, talking. They're like, oh, wow, this is great. We're up here. Uh, you know, Nico has a little bit. He's like, sorry, Chico. I'm going to get started uh, on this a little bit further than you are. And I'll take you up here later. It's a very little sweet sentiment. Uh, yeah, and Fuka, and I, Fuka's like, oh, you guys are going to go on a space date? No, shut up. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, immediately like, no. Uh, then we get to Sean and uh, Gina, and Sean's like, well, looks like we did pretty well. All right. So how do we meet up with the others? And Gina's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, obviously about? we broke the rules to come up here, so we're going to have to have some reason to like show up here because the ship had like a super strict weight limit and everything. They're going to be pretty angry. So you got a plan, right? And she just like, what? (laughs) 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 She only thought ahead as far as getting into space. And that was, (laughs) that was their entire game plan. Uh, We don't have time to cut to that though, because alarms start going off and they're like, wait, suddenly the weight shot up. And they're like, wait, maybe it's like invaders. And they're like, wait, no, it went up. And like, oh, wait, it's down. Wait, no, it's up. No, it's down. It's up. <laughs> like they're they're trying to track it. And then they see like, oh wait, there's a station. Okay, how do we how do we dock on this thing? Like, where do we get to the lower level? And they're like, shit, this thing is like blown to bits. Like, how do we 
how do we dock on this thing? We're going to have to do something like really crazy. Like, can we slam into it and like dock that way? And Fuqua's like, no, because we don't know where the shelter is. If we ram into it, then that will obviously be very, uh, be very bad. You know, we got to find like an anchor down and make a path to it. Uh, and they're like, hey, there's a bunch of like, you know, debris out there. They can hit us. So, you know, Creed's like, all right, I'm going to go EVA and you know, anchor the ship. And they're like, no, the UMA might be out there. He's like, that's why I'm here on the striker. We're going to do it. And Fuko's like, no, you're, you're rushing forward to your death. And he's like, I'm not going to let you go. Then what are we supposed to do? And then Sean and Gina sit in the doorway fucking like team rocket style like back it's it is very team rocket uh especially because you know <laughs> they're just kind of respective just thing things really yeah so, so they're like yeah. maybe you guys seem to be in trouble just leave this task to unchange and unseen and uh it just ends with Sean being like, we'll bail you out and you can call us even. And then she just like, just as I planned, <laughs> all according to Keikaku. Sean's like, no, it's not. Shut up. <laughs> so Nick, there were three people oh, aboard the strike team. And now there are five people aboard the strike team. Hey, one prime number to another. And five and three are both prime numbers. I hope you wrote this in your book. I know you already wrote five as a prime number in your yeah, so your homework book. Write it again. <laughs> Underline it this time. Uh, yeah. So this is. I mean, it, overall, this was just a fun little chapter. Mm -hmm. I, I liked just just kind of the little story that's told all within it of like, Gene and Sean want to go on the ship. They can't. Then they do. It, they're very silly all throughout it, and that's just kind of it. Uh, and uh, hey. You know, there's a couple of more characters that are going to be going along for this little journey uh, that uh, we can get to know a little bit better. So yeah, nice. it's nice to see we get more of Sean, who is a character a lot of people were like, oh, I wish we got more of this guy. Like, well, we're going to. It's cool. We get some Gina. Um, I, as I said, I think this was cool. I like like Sean's ability expanding in this way. Uh, and the way they establish it too early on with Foucault being like, no, his ability might evolve past like technology, be able to find him and things like that. So I think that was a cool setup. It's again, a little bummer that like, <laughs> she's just like, figure it out. And he's just like, I did. Yep. <laughs> Page turn. And I got it. I did. <laughs> um, I but probably was going to be the way it was going to be handled. But so. we have a lot of stuff to do. So, you know, mm -hmm. as much as I'm disappointed, we didn't get a little bit more introspective. It works. And it, it also keeps Sean CB very silly and goofy, I guess. Yeah. I think that I would not have appreciated it as much if we had spent an entire chapter on him just like trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. Uh, like I, I felt like this entire thing. Do it in one chapter. Yes, please. Move on to when they're in space and meeting aliens, potentially. Exactly. All right. Let's talk about some Chainsaw Man. <laughs> chapter 127. Save the Asa. Hey, guys. 127? That's a prime number. Write that yes. down in your book. That's nice a big one. Uh, 127. That's prime. Uh, put a little put a little heart next to it. Yeah, that's the way you remember it when the test comes up. No, Quinn, Quinn, if you put a heart next to it, it might not be a prime number anymore. <laughs> oh my god, no. You can divide it by hearts. <laughs> <laughs> uh so 
when last we left, uh, the Falling Devil had found Asa, and uh, we opened this chapter with her sending Asa into the sky. Yeah, it's it, well, she because Asa is like hidden, like she's between basically like that balcony of a building. So she just points this way and changes gravity to be like, "Bitch, get this, <laughs> get in the go space, in the sky again." And now you can go up. Yep. Uh, Asa manages to grab onto. I guess like a, a vent or or some sort of uh, outcropping on one of the buildings to prevent herself from going all the way up into the sky, but she's just barely grabbing onto it with her fingertips. Uh, and then the falling devil comes up behind her and claps two of her many hands around Asa's ears. Uh, actually, the same way that uh, she kind of holds her own head. Yes, very similar. And uh, she says... I can tell by the way that your muscles move and the smell of your sweat that your attachment to life is weak to begin with. What truly scares you right now is the shock of the impact, the physical sensation of falling, the darkness of the sky. That's all. Close your eyes and I can promise you a peaceful fall. And Yoru, of course, is yelling at Asa still, but now her ears are covered up and she just kind of looks at her and then looks away and remembers the face of that asshole who killed her cat, uh, her cat. And uh, it's Yuki, right? It's been a while since we've seen her. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just how everything's just gone wrong for her and how everyone who's gotten close to her has died. Yeah. And she I miss closes that her eyes. Egg. Oh, yeah. We got to know it for all of, like, three panels, but yeah. <laughs> so, And she lets go and lets herself fall up into the air. Uh, and Yoru has just enough of a chance to be shocked and then pissed off before she falls out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, ah, ah! God, fuck you! Can't say anything because I assume that's what like the clamping the hand over the ears is kind of meant to do is like kind of silence out uh, Yoru, but yeah. And uh, Asa falls upward and she kind of falls in silence this time. And she thinks to herself like I actually do feel at peace. Now I won't cause trouble for anyone. I won't get my feelings hurt anymore. And I won't have to lie in bed thinking about all the things I did wrong. <sighs> But I do have yeah. one. Even one person, even if it was only one person with all my heart, I wish I'd. And Chainsaw Man is here! I'm on board. Nick, I was already like, fuck, I relate to this girl so goddamn hard. I feel ya. And then Dingy comes in and is like, I gotcha, come on! And Nick, but already I'm like, I'm in. I don't know what happens for the rest of this. I'm in on this. Oh, hell yes. Uh, Denji grabs Asa, grabs with his other hand onto a guardrail on the nearby roof, uh, and Emilia's like, oh shit, you're like actually really heavy. <laughs> uh, so Asa is being like, stop it, stop, let, let go. I, I'm okay with falling, I, I want to do it. And Chainsaw Man's like, are, are you nuts? No. And she says, but life is nothing but pain. I just get made a fool of, I just get my expectations up, just to be let down, and that's it. And Denji pauses for a second. And he's like, well, yeah, but 
like yeah, yeah, and the, it stuff gives way and he loses his grip and they both start falling up into the air uh but he suddenly realizes like it's like the worse you feel the heavier you get but upward think happy thoughts dogs cats dogs dogs cats hey <laughs> <laughs> You gotta love him. He does have his mentality in just one particular direction. He's like, I love dogs. You'll love dogs too, right? <laughs> You'll love dogs. Well, he covers all the bases. He's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's a knowledgeable uh, man. Yeah, he named both, the, both, both of the... Both things. Yeah. Both things. That's all you gotta know. <laughs> so, instead of falling upward, they're just floating, suspended in midair. And Denji says, oh wait, we stopped. Cats! Cats! <laughs> Ice cream! Ice cream! <laughs> Not even, like, think about how much you love cats and how furry and friendly and, and soft they are yeah. and how they do stupid things just... despite the fact that they think that they're so great. And he's just like, cats! 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 <laughs> just screams ice cream over and over again. You're like, are you happy now? <laughs> but also, it's so cute. She, she slowly opens her eyes and she goes, don't! make me remember cats and that's all she needed it's just cats are great that's, that's all you needed. Is so great uh and then she says look i know how you feel believe me and just what would you know no one's got it worse than me this poor girl and then she thinks for a second and he says just when life seems super awesome as soon as you let your guard down some crappy thing happens out of nowhere it screws it all up right you know Life isn't all bad, but day in, day out, all you can remember is the bad stuff. And the disasters keep piling up like a hamburger made of crap, right? And uh, Asa pauses for a second because she starts to think, like, maybe this guy does kind of actually understand. But she asks him, well, how'd you get over that chainsaw, man? And he says, I haven't. I'm not over it. Only I've got something to live for. Something I look forward to so much that I'm willing to eat that crap burger. And I also asked him, what is that? And does, does Denji say, oh, it's because, you know, I've got, I've got Nayuta at home and I've got to, I've got to look after her. And as if because uh, he's got, he's got Meowy and all the dogs there that are mm -hmm. so great. You just talked about how great they were. It's because he gets to eat ice cream at home. Is it because, uh, you know, there's people who count on him, even if they're not the, the best people like Kishibe and Yoshida? It's because he wants to keep the hope alive that he'll see power again someday. Sex. I want to have sex. <laughs> it was, I was, and the, the, the chapter ends with us just like having to pause and be like, I, I, well, I was hook, line and sinker for this fucking chapter. From beginning to end, where I was like, oh, Asa, her journey, like, she's so sad, and I've been there, girl, like, where you just feel so worthless, and you wish somebody would reach out, and, like, Denji grabbing onto her in this big hero moment, and, you know, the humor of Denji being like, ah, oh, we have to think happy things, cats, cats, ice cream, you know, and, like, lead it along, and then he gives his speech about, like, how he also knows what, like, grief and loss is like, he's like, it's it's tough to, to live, but, you know, sometimes you just got to keep at it and, you know, lead into like, you know, I've got something we're living for. What's that? Sex. Well, I have sex. It's like, oh, fuck. It's such a great 
just a wallop of a moment where you're just like, yeah, man, this is exactly how it is. What a concrete wall yeah. you drive into. <laughs> it really is. Um, it really. Uh, did you see the quote from Fujimoto that got passed around a lot this week? I think it's from like a new collection of one no. shots that's released where he talks about like an old relationship he had where they had like a pet fish and the fish died. So his girlfriend was like, can you go and, you know, get like a bury the fish, essentially, give like it was our pet. And he takes this fish out to like the park and he's trying to dig a hole, but he's like, it's too hard to dig a hole to like finish it. So he's like, I'm just going to leave the fish here and tell her that I buried him. And he starts to walk away and he looks over and he sees a bunch of ants are like picking up, like trying to eat at his fish. And he's like, that's my fucking pet fish. So he runs over <laughs> and like squats all the ants away. And then he eats the fish. <laughs> he goes home and tells his girlfriend he buried it. And he's like, I don't feel bad about eating the fish. I feel bad for lying to my girlfriend. And I was like, wait, is Fujimoto just these characters here? It's like they're all this kind of particular insane. <laughs> It's like, no, no, no. Me eating the fish was an act of protection. (laughs) Yeah, he was like, that's my fish. How dare you? God. Great chapter. There there is a legendary sequence from uh, All-Star Superman, which uh, is a a series where uh, Superman discovers that he is dying. So he basically, you know, dedicates his his last days to just like trying to achieve like everything that he possibly can with his near infinite powers. Uh, he's running around doing all this stuff. And yet, despite the fact that he's in his most desperate state, uh, he's got all this stuff to do. He takes a moment at one point to uh, go to a, this young girl who is contemplating uh, jumping off of a building uh, and taking her own life. And uh, he stops her. And he just tells her, uh, look, the reason your therapist didn't answer was just because he missed the call. Uh, I know that sometimes it seems hard and that it seems like nobody cares, but people do care about you. And he just he hugs her and she's crying and he comforts her and he just saves this one very troubled girl's life. It's, you know, one of those things of like, you know, the most powerful being in the world takes the moment to comfort one trouble person who doesn't even need a superhero to save them just needs a person to reach out to them and that's what Deji does here in his own way uh and it would be counter to the nature of chainsaw man if he didn't do it in as dingy a way as possible and i give credit to the chapter and the and the series as a whole for that Having Denji resort to the one thing that keeps me going is the thought of having sex did make me go, God fucking damn it. Uh, because it did remind me of when way back when we we first read this and I was like, I really don't like how Denji's only obsessed with sex. <laughs> so having that crop back was like, God damn it. But that being said, otherwise this chapter is fantastic and and perfectly in, in the nature of the series as a whole. So, yeah. That was yeah. a great chapter. It's great all right nick i think uh we could briefly talk about spy family question mark oh there's kaiju number eight though was there god damn yes. i really forget everything that happened this past week it's kikaru doing stuff uh, she 
she's broken out of the mental funk as she attacks as she fights with Kaiser number 15 who's like what the fuck this is bullshit is my mind hack not working wait a minute no my mind hack is working then why isn't she's not why is she still fighting and uh inside Kikoru's mind she's still like a little girl crying because she misses her mom and dad uh, and she's they're never going to know how much progress they've made. They're never going to be able to, you know, comfort her or anything. And so she's like, I'm sorry I wasn't good enough. And Kaiser number 15's like, yeah, they're not going to praise you anymore. So give up. And she's like, yeah, I did think that way, but I was wrong. And she looks past Kaiser number 15 where Kafka is in her mindscape going, yeah. And for a second, I was like, well, that's stupid. And then it's like, no, no, it's not just Kafka. It's everyone. Mm. everyone that she's grown a connection to so everyone that was in the third division like Ichikawa and Iharu sorry Ichikawa's boyfriend uh, and all the others and she says I want to be a teammate that they can be proud of I want to be a pupil that all the platoon leaders can be proud of so it's like hey she's grown connections to people in the defense force outside of just her parents and they make her strong again and she acknowledges like look I'm sad that I'm never going to see my parents again but I'm pressing on and inside her mindscape, she summons her, her, her kaiju weapon ax thing. <laughs> it's like, all right, little girl with a giant ax is pretty cool. It's very adorable. Yeah. Ah! And uh, she dashes forward. And as she dashes towards kaiju number 15, the little girl starts to grow up into her modern state. And she starts using big ass axe techniques she chops off Kaiser number 15's arms and Kaiser number 15's like, fuck you! I'm gonna kill you! And then my daddy will recognize me because she's also got Kikura's daddy issues but they're directed towards Kaiser number 9. It's like, alright, sure. Uh, so she tries to unleash tentacles and kill Kikoru who just dashes straight in and she says, hey, thanks for exploiting my weakness because now I'm stronger. And she uses her axe technique Daruma dropper 10 hit. So she does the Dharma thing where you chop a, a, up a thing over and over again and just d- cuts horizontally through Kaiju number 15 a bunch of times. And that's our S- chapter. Kikoro S- does a cool thing. Some would t- say 10 times, Nick. Guys, 10? Not, not a, a, not a prime not not number. Don't, don't write that down. Don't put that in no. your don't put it down in your notes. <laughs> not... it, is a pro- it is a product of two pro- different prime numbers. However. But her axe, built from Kaiju number 3-3, like once again, number. is a prime number. Prime and number. you know what? Yeah. I didn't check it. 113 that's also on it? That's a prime number, I bet. I think Let's it see. Is. Hold on. Hit it. 113. You write that in your notes. That's a oh, prime number. You. That's a good one to do. That's a nice nice one. Good yeah. Job. A little treat. Uh, the chapter's fine. I-, I still think, like, in my mind, this scene really like hit its peak with the the chasing of the ghost um but this is a fine conclusion i am still in this weird place though i'm like because it's like further elaborated on here where like number 15 has kikoru's daddy issues and i'm like yeah what is this why is no one commenting on this so far so i'm really hoping there's like a follow-up sometime after this where somebody's like oh they must have some technology basing it off of us or something but yeah it is it is definitely well i mean kaiju number nine did absorb kikoru's father so maybe that's where it comes from i I, you know i assume to some extent but like 
don't know. It's it just feels like something that should be commented on a little bit more. And I'm patiently waiting to see if they do. Yeah. Okay. We do have a short a short chapter, two pages long mm-hmm. of, of Spy Family. It's short mission ten. Uh, kids uh, being excited about about space travel and stuff. And this is maybe the first time that one of Damien's followers is distinguished from the other. So you know, a little bit of credit there. It's like, hey, one of them likes space stuff. It's the one with the very narrow head. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's got like a he's. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to launch a spaceship. I can't wait. And Damien's like, let's hope it doesn't blow up. You're a great six-year-old, Damien. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just, it's just Thanks, six-year-old going, you oh, fucking Wednesday Adams. I hope it doesn't blow up. <laughs> hope the entire crew doesn't die in the cold and forgiving vacuum of space. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, also, the other one was just kind of an idiot because he's like, who would want to go into space where there's no air? It's like, okay, weirdo. Anya is also uh, excited about space stuff. She's made a little paper rocket ship and she's like, woo, landed on the moon, yeah! And Damien's friend who was excited about space travel is like, oh, you also like space stuff. And Anya says, I want to build a castle on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Anya. Go do it. Uh, so... They're, they're friends, so Damien and his remaining follower and Becky are all kind of just, like, watching the two of them just kind of, like, bond over, like, space travel stuff. And Damien goes, well, space exploration is all because the government funds stuff, so when I'm a politician, I'll make it so that you can go to the moon if you want to. And Becky says, hey, uh, if you want her to actually, like, listen to the cool stuff you're saying, you should actually speak up, so she pay attention to <laughs> It's very adorable, and I love the interaction she has with narrow-headed kid because he's immediately like based off the design of your rocket. You must have based off this this class. And Anya's just like, huh? <laughs> like no idea. <laughs> but she's so excited because it's somebody who knows more about like yeah. spaceships. So it's 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 a very cute uh, little exchange. By the way, Nick, this is chapter seventy-eight point one. I don't think no, that could be a prime it's, number. It can't. It's not a prime number. It's not a whole number. But put that in your book about decibels. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's gonna be so many more notes about decibels than open up your second notebook that's a decimal open up your second infinitely larger notebook <laughs> all right Quinn let's talk about Akane Banashi uh-huh. it's story 58 framework of the art uh, we've got a color page of kind of the uh, three favorites from the uh, first uh, leg of the uh, selection of the of the uh, Rensekai. So uh, we get uh, Ikawa noting that, uh, OK, so here's the people who are held over from the from the selection process. It is those three. And then a guy that we haven't met before, at least in detail, which is a guy from the second day named Zenmai. Uh, so presumably when we get to that final four, we'll get to know him at least a little bit better. To some extent. Uh, did we, uh, did they tease out his, uh, particular mentor though? Not really. He's, he's one of the, he's one of the big masters right. of the Arakawa school. So we don't really know anything about him specifically yet. Just that he is important. Uh, so, uh, uh, 
he's meeting with uh, with Hikaru and says like, oh yeah, congratulations, you survived to the next leg of the battle. I know you don't seem you're not really satisfied with yourself, but honestly, you know, well deserved uh, because the Red Sick guys got very precise, very severe ratings, and you also managed to advance without playing the ace up your sleeve. Ooh. You're gone. <laughs> Vote for me. <laughs> You're like, wow, this is uncalled for. You were very fine without this, the threat. Aren't you? Don't you have any worry about the consequences of this as, you know, like a celebrity actress? Like, vote for me. <laughs> nope. All right. Put that vote in, Simon Cow. Click, click. Uh, so she kind of looks out the window and uh, it's looking at an advertisement, uh, which might feature her or an or a character she voices i think i forget which one she voiced so maybe uh but she just kind of she just thinks to herself i wanted confidence because you know in the world of voice acting even veterans with decades of experience have to audition to earn their roles and i ain't going in expected to lose i gotta fight for everything i can in this industry i just want to have some confidence in myself and bolster my determination so I just entered this stupid rookie uh, Rakugo event just so that, uh, you know, people would praise me as being an awesome actress. And then I would go into like my actual serious career and uh, do better. But I couldn't actually see the plain truth, which was I didn't have any faith in myself, which is why when uh, Ishorakawa praised me, I let myself get excited. The fact was... I didn't even rise to the level of being judged on my merits because she was watching as well when Akai was told that she wasn't a rookie and didn't belong at the competition. And so essentially at that point, Hikaru is acknowledging I wasn't even at the starting line compared to where Akai was. And I was thinking I would run away with the whole thing just based on my act, my innate acting talents and not practicing at all. Mm. Uh, so uh, she thinks to herself, like, look, my misfortune wasn't that I wasn't smart enough to cut my losses and move on. If I'm going to look at my, in the mirror of myself and be satisfied, I've got to win. I've got to beat her. So uh, then it's time to get go on to uh, Akane and, you know, the main character in, in, in all this. And uh, she runs into, oh gosh, I keep forgetting his name. He's the one that we've met the, the least up until this point. And now I'm going to actually, going to actually, actually remember his name. It's the long-haired uh, elder uh, apprentice. Hot one. He, I guess he is. <laughs> <laughs> the one you would like to kiss. I don't know about that. Uh, you like you want to you want to kiss. Make a comment about how about how it was okay if Akane fell in love with him once she turned eighteen. So you want to kiss the nerdy nerdy book boy? We get it, all right. But I want to kiss the one who's charismatic, like a bad boy. Who knows what adventures you would get into? All right. Well, go ahead, Quinn. Uh, <laughs> so. He asks Akane how the Rensekai went, and she says, like, well, you know, I, I there were a couple other people who were there who were really, really amazing. And she goes over, you know, Kaichi Nikaru's strengths uh, compared to her. 
Uh, and uh, so uh, she's still like, okay, so assess yourself. What kind of Rakugoka are you? And Akane is like, uh... And he brings up like, hey, you know, know your enemy, know thyself, and then you're a total badass. So that's not the quote, but, you know, he's right. Yeah. That's that's the lesson from, from Sun Tzu. So he says like, hey, what's your strength? What, what makes you unique? And Akane is like, whoa, well, Hikaru's a voice actor. Kaichi's a salesman. They were using what they gained from their careers to further their Rakugo. But all I've ever done is Rakugo. So is there nothing unique about me? And uh, he can kind of tell that she's kind of come to this realization. And he's like, yeah, I understand it's you know hard to have an objective view of yourself. Are you familiar with Neen? That's right. We're going to go over the power source <laughs> gimmick of this Rakugo series. Got to get it, you know. Uh, but what he essentially says is like, this is a term that's in, you know, kabuki theater, which means the essence of a performer. There's a similar term in Rakugo called Fura. Uh, and in Nin, that's the framework of the art. It's, in, it's important for Rakugoka to understand their own Nin. The quality of every performance comes from the product of the performer's Nin and the story's inherent entertainment and the compatibility between the two of them is key all makes sense and is pretty straightforward and not complicated up to this point so far. Uh, then he introduces a hexagonal chart. Uh, <laughs> you got Well, you got to specialize your nin, Nick. You got to pick which type you are. Yeah. Uh, I believe I was specialty type when I did the Hunter Hunter test uh, to discover my nin. So, uh, you know, that's pretty cool and pretty unique, Nick. Uh, so... I, something that I kind of appreciate about this is that uh, Mike Keru, that's his name, uh, breaks all this down and is like, oh, you see, there's so there's all the there's this hexagonal chart that can, that indicates the attributes of a story that they can relate to Bakugo. And so, so there there's there's Atsu for power and he goes around the circle and stuff. And then there's just a footnote at the bottom of the panel that just says these are all just things that Mike Hero made up. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> like there is like I, I mean I don't know specifically for Rakugo but just in the terms of like any kind of like acting level performance like there's absolutely things that you're like look there's certain skills that you have or just like a general ambiance or whatever where you feel like you're like this person has a very dramatic presence and they they are great with that whereas this person has a lot of you know is a great character actor and very over the like you could absolutely see like where you'd specialize but because this is a battle shonen it helps if there's a little chart where like a line goes out and you can see like the right. graph and how everyone's stats compare i hope this isn't something that gets overly em emphasized mm -hmm. like if it's something that comes up whenever like Mike Air is around to you know uh, give an assessment of something sure if it's something where like we see a hex chart during like you know character profiles at the beginning of a chapter that's fine too don't like beat us over the head please with, the, with like you know breaking down stuff into this terms because it will remove the magic of the performance to some degree, I think. I will also never remember what all six of these no. do. No. <laughs> uh, so hope, hopefully this is just kind of like a learning thing and it's not going to get emphasized too much whenever my care is not around. Mm -hmm. uh, but he says like, hey, hey, everyone has their own nin. Every living person has qualities that kind of suit certain rakugo stories to them no matter what they're like 
And uh, I can think of some stories that would suit you. And uh, Akane says, oh, okay, great. Will you teach me one? And my character says, well, here's the thing. I'm not going to choose the story. You're going to decide that. Up to this point, I'm pretty sure that you've only learned stories because someone told you to learn them or because you were forced to out of necessity. And that's fine while you're still a Zenza. But if you want to be a Futatsume, you must have a keen eye and choose the right stories to match your strengths and style. And this is going to be practice to help you do that. So here's your three choices. Uh, there's the Abstaining Guard, which is a great story that'll win over the crowd. If you want to win, you, this is the one. There's Toad Oil, which suits your nin the best. And then there's Changing Time. This story is what Shinta performed when he earned his recommendation from the Arch Four at the Rensei Kai. Ooh. Uh, and he also says, and I learned that story from him. If you choose that one, I'm going to teach it to you as he taught me. But whether it's good for the selection round or not, that's not up to me. What's it going to be? I can only teach you one story. Which one will you choose? So, uh, very intriguing ending. Yeah, this I mean, I, w I was joking you know, about like, it's like, okay, this hex thing is like a little bit ridiculous, but the last six pages of this chapter are fantastic where he just kind of brings, he really just emphasizes like, you've got to make these choices for yourself. You've got to figure things out. Uh, and that's going to be necessary for you to evolve. And the choices that he lays out to her are very intriguing. Obviously, it feels like the one that she's going to go with is the one that, like, you know, her dad did. But maybe if uh, she doesn't, that'll uh, be a stage, like I would her stepping away from that. I don't so. think she's going to pick that one. I think she's going to do the abstaining gar or uh, toad oil because that's the one that's most suited to her nin, and that's his entire philosophy right now. He's like, yeah. what, what's your strength? What are you good at? And I think seeing that story will be an opportunity. I, I It's very intriguing because like all three of them are presented in such a way. You're yeah. like, I would see why you would pick it. This one will mean you'll win. This one will be to your strengths, which is this whole thing you're trying to discover. This is one your dad did, which is like a lot of your motivation. Um, but I really love just exploring this. This is very, very yeah. cool. It's nice to have a Pokemon game where all three starters seem really cool. So. I, yeah, it's been a little bit. Well, yeah. I liked I like Scarlet and Violet. Boy, Coco and, and Quaxley Rock. Sprigatito. Sprigatito's okay. It's a kitty. It's okay. It's a good cat. It's a good cat. Grass, grass cat. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Really liked it. Uh, yeah. Really liked this chapter overall. Uh, just, uh, mo but mostly the second half, admittedly. All right. Blue Box, uh, chapter 97. Are you having problems? Uh, Nick, by the way, 97. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, I'm holding on. 97 is a prime number. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, close that decimal book you, book you were working on. Open your prime oh, open number your prime book number back up. Again. 97 write that down put a little uh, little asterisk next to it say this one's important it's going to come up later actually in the corner of your notebook draw a little uh butterfly symbol and uh say it right next to it oh, uh the choice you made here will have ramifications later oh god so go go ahead and write that down everybody 
Uh, also, there are uh, some sort of objects in the background of this shot of Shinatsu at the beginning that have five on them. So there you go. Uh-huh. And we've established several times now. That's a prior number. Uh, last time on Blue Box, things were getting oh, ooh, intimate as, as Shinatsu was hugging Taiki. <laughs> All right, let's calm down. Side hugging him. <laughs> Side hugging him. Look at they, that. They weren't heavy petting or anything like that. It was a hug. It, it was just very sweet. Uh, Taiki's blushing a lot uh, when this as this happens, and uh, that that Carolyn of uh, the, their uh, classmates hanging out still going on, uh, getting increasingly religious <laughs> as it goes on too. Yeah. Uh, and um, she she also kind of gives him a bit of a squeeze and then finally lets go and when she lets go they're both kind of like blushing because you know they're two awkward young people who did just she did just flat out embrace him very closely and she's like yeah, thanks and uh, he says oh no problem and uh, then after a bit of hesitation he starts to just say something he says oh Chinatsu uh, senpai but then kind of trails off and they're like oh uh, maybe she may we should go and uh, she just kind of gets up and walks out, walks out and Taiki's like what just happened oh, she, she she hugged me <laughs> uh, he says my shoulders are still burning which like I mean alright I remember being like <laughs> yeah. 15 and being like oh my god a woman touched me and it's like yeah I, I, I do get that so yes uh so he's just trying to like reason out like why'd she hug me and so she he thinks well maybe she's like nervous about tomorrow's game or maybe because she made up with yumeka she got all emotional or maybe and uh jinatsu has uh met up with you know her some friends and uh and uh, he spots her and just kind of stops dead there and uh uh he gets called over by Yoshida and his, his club mates and he's like maybe Maybe. And he starts to blush pretty hard because this the the imagined thought that is more more accurate than he could possibly consider has entered into his mind. I'm sure this won't last though. Anyway, time for a less religious Christmas scare. Rudolph. Actually, depending on how you think about it, maybe you're more religious. Yeah, I was going to say, Rudolph, the Christ knows, right? And you're like, oh, man. <laughs> Just the entire Christ is bulging out of Had a very <laughs> shiny transubstantiation. <laughs> and in his tabernacle. I'm like, wow, I don't remember this song having this many religious like little terms in it. See, I, I know Austin listens then to this. one but... foggy Christmas Eve, Satan came to <laughs> oh, say, Oh, shit! <laughs> Rudolph with your nose of Christ. <laughs> uh, I, I feel bad because I know Austin listens to this. He's going to listen to me throw out these terms. He'll be like, Quinn, those aren't really religious. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they're modern uh, founding in Mayan culture. And I'm like, God damn it. Uh, everyone around me is so smart and I'm so dumb. <laughs> And then he's going to be like, mm, 97 is not really a prime number. I'm like, shit, I was looking at the wrong list. <laughs> Just going to start gaslighting you. Yeah. He can do it. I, I know so little. Uh, it's the next day. Uh, seemingly, the, the, the celebration lasted a while because uh, Taiki's waking up, uh, as all teenagers should, at 1130 in the morning. Uh, 
it's it's good for you. The, the teenagers are built to sleep, to stay up late and sleep in late, yeah. uh, and yet we punish them by making them wake up at six thirty in the morning. To go it's, to a, it's a real problem. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he uh, gets up, uh, immediately asks his mom when he gets into the kitchen where Chinatsu is, and uh, she says, oh, uh, she, she left because their second game starts at 1 o'clock today. Uh, and uh, he's got to go to practice in the afternoon, too. Uh, so, you know, he goes about his day, gets to the gym, and he's, you know, just like looking around, thinking about the thing that happened. And Kyo, Kyo, Kyo. Uh, shows behind him. And uh, says, why are you zoning out? And he's like, I'm not zoning out. I gotta go to the club room. She hugged me. She hugged me. <laughs> it's like, I get it. <laughs> when, that, when that happens to you for the first time, it's like, that happens. Yeah, you really are. You're just like, oh my god. Oh what my god. <laughs> so, but uh, he's thinking about that, and uh, he thinks to himself, like, I didn't get the chance to ask about Yumika and ask what happened there. Maybe maybe if they've like made up with each other, maybe Yumika will like, pick up basketball again. That'd be nice, and Chinasa would be really happy about that. Or maybe that's why she hugged me. She was just so happy about basketball. Oh, I'm thinking about how she hugged me again. Ah. <laughs> like, oh, here it goes again. Starting all over. Uh Taiki is literally like bending his knees while clutching his head because he can't get over this hug that happened. Uh, and Yuka happens to come by at that exact moment. And uh, she says, you have some sort of problems that aren't related to your nasty ass teeth. So uh, she's shown up and uh, she cut her hair short again to how it was back when she played basketball. Uh and uh, he observes that right away because, yeah, it is a pretty drastic difference to do in one day. Uh, and she says, yeah, I mean, it's uh, when you have short hair, it's get really cold this time of year. But this way, I won't get in my way when I'm playing basketball. Um, yeah, I took some time off, but I'm going to see if my school will let me be on the team. And uh, she says... When I thought about how Natsuki's my aspiration, I realized that I needed to get more fired up. And then Taiki realized, like, wait, if she's playing for a different school, maybe I've just made Chinatsu an enemy. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, she, she says, like, hey, and you make sure you support Chinatsu, too, so that she doesn't waste time like I did, since you're her boyfriend and all. And Taiki right away is like, we're not going out. Uh, you can't. You can't. He, just as before, is like he, he won't let that lie. Even get uh, a moment's head start, uh, uh, and he's like, "Yeah, you've got you've got the wrong idea about that." Oh wait, when she when she was talking to Giannis the first time, I never corrected her shit. And Yumika says, "Like, wait, you're not her boyfriend, but you went and did all that meddling. You you ran yourself ragged to give me that ticket." You must really like her. Well, did she turn you down? No. I haven't told her yet. Uh, so she calls him a yellow-bellied chicken burger. Not a chicken, a chicken burger. <laughs> I love that line now, yellow-bellied chicken burger. It made me very That's hungry. Uh, but she says, you know, I didn't think she had any interest in romance either because she's, you know, always on the move. And Taiki's like, yeah, you can say that again. But Yumega just says, like, why are you making excuses for yourself? Love is the most powerful feeling. 
Hey, she regained her hope and stuff. It's so sweet. And really, like, the moment of her being like, you know what? I hope you keep supporting her because you're her girlfriend or her boyfriend. And he's like, we're not going out. And her response is just, Huh? huh? <laughs> like, I really love that. I wish it had gotten like almost like a full page spread because she's just like, "Wait, what? You're not dating her? Like, you've done so much for her at this point. Why? What? You haven't even asked her out. What are you talking about? What's happening? You fucking coward! Yeah, you're a fucking chicken burger. You'd rather kill yourself running around trying to win a stupid ticket and you won't even tell a girl that you like her? Fuck you! <laughs> you suck so much! Uh, very, very fun chapter. Very cute. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I am excited to see where Yumika's like, place becomes in the story right now. Uh, but it was a really satisfying little chapter and a nice follow-up to last week. Yeah. I do get the feeling that eventually at some point, you know, and Yumika are going to play against each other in a basketball game. It feels like it's got to, it's got to happen at some point, point yeah. now that this has been established. Uh, and uh, we'll see if that what does happen. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. A lot of stuff. It's nice to see that. Yeah. Taiki is completely incapable of grappling with any gesture of physical affection from the girl that he loves uh, as you expect him to. Yes. Uh, and that was accurate and funny. And uh, there was some good moments in this chapter. Good stuff as we move forward with uh, the dynamics between the characters. Mm-hmm. All right. More. It's more. Morgan time. Mark. 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 Quinn, I've got a slight suspicion that maybe Cypher Academy won't last 50 more chapters. Maybe oh. because just because for some reason... There's four different character profiles at the beginning of this chapter from a bunch of classmates that we haven't gotten to meet yet. I don't know. <laughs> or, let's be honest, maybe there aren't that many interesting characters in Cypher Academy. Maybe maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe not every character needs to have their own little miniature arc about them or whatever. <laughs> I still don't really understand what Yosamura's thing actually is. So <laughs> we've got multiple chapters that are primarily about her. So. Yeah. Uh... So, uh, Toshisai, with her latest big uh, move, has taken over half the votes with her big power play. Uh, and uh, so they're like, oh, shit, uh, what's, uh, what's going on here? And and uh, Iroha's trying to come to grips with what has happened. And he notices that uh, the card, one of the cards in her hand has something to it that he didn't realize before. But then he looks up at the table and he looks at his opponents and he sees all of them as Taiyu and f- freaks out and falls out of his chair. And I do like that you can still tell which of them is which because yeah. Toshisai is posing like Toshisai and Yosemura has the, the ski mask and Anonymity requested has the eyebars over Taiyu's face. It's a nice touch. Yeah. So, you know, so the people who are observing the classmates realize like, oh, Yuroha did the same thing during the murder mystery game. It's like, I, you know, I, I think that during that, I started to look like someone else to him. So it seems as though he's, you know, got some form of like PTSD going on. And you got to ways to be. And then she and then she says, maybe he got horribly bullied by someone. And it's just not even realizing that it was her. Everyone's like, you, you bullied you him. You did it. <laughs> uh, so 
that all has gone down in terms of the uh, poker battle. And so everyone kind of just focuses in on Toshisai as she becomes, you know, the main target because she's the chip leader. Uh, and then they all start kind of like trying to read everyone who's trying to read Toshisai's expression, see if they can get anything off of them. Uh, and so it gets really big into like, no, 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 poker, poker face stuff is happening right now. And of course, Anonymity requested, who has a special magic device that hides everything about her, has a major advantage in this. Yes. So a few rounds go by, uh, and uh, Anonymity requested catches up with Toshusai, as does Yosaimura. So they're basically just taking more and more of Yoroha's chips, gradually chipping away at his total. And now it's all of them have 13, and he's just got six. And that's it. Uh, so, uh, then, like, people are kind of, like, commenting on, like, oh, Iroha's, you know, he's clearly inferior in, in this matchup, and Iroha starts to see not just his opponents, but literally everyone around them as being Yugata, and, like, is just struggling more and more and caving under the pressure of the situation. Anonymity requested, uh, does an opening bet uh, for the next round. Yosemura raises and goes all fucking in. Uh, and they're like, oh my god, what what's going to happen now? Uh, you know, uh, you know, Iroha's only way of going in, into this is to just go all in. And so he folds instead, and Toshisai calls, and so it's Yosemura and Anonymity requested both going all in to go up against Anonymity requested. And uh, so it's like, oh, man, what's what's going on here? And Nohime says, like, well, the two of them probably just want to collect all the chips in one place, even if it means one of them gets eliminated. They both formed a pact just by exchanging the lands. They don't want anonymity requested to win no matter what. And in this situation, anonymity requested will have no choice but to fold. Instead, she turns to the dealer and says, hey, I want to switch out cards. And they're like, what? <laughs> you can't do that. Blind man's bluff. It's like, no one ever said we couldn't. It's like, this is bullshit. <laughs> it's like, the entire... Okay, look. It's, it's a fine twist for this, but literally the point is everyone can see your card to make bets on. So if they make bets based off of that, and then you're like, oh, and I'm going to switch these out. It's like, that's kind of defeating the entire purpose of seeing each other's hands. Yeah. But hey. Fine. Well, we, estab we established anonymity is, is all about kind of like playing against the rules and sort of being a little bit mm -hmm. underhanded. Like being like, well, didn't say in the rules the dog couldn't play basketball. So I got yeah. a dog on my team. Sorry. Yeah. So anonymity requested uh, argues her case. And the teacher says, yeah, that's correct. I didn't mention any rules about switching out cards. My bad. She's clearly like, <laughs> like, oh, you've solved part of the you know, thing. Uh, but she says, no one sought to confirm those rules at the start. So I'll let things slide just once. But only if you go all in after you switch your cards, which she would have to do anyway. Because, mm. well, I guess she's saying, like, you can't switch out cards and then not go all in. But she can't confirm her cards anyway. But she could confirm it off of expressions, whatever. So, in a big, 
Keikakutori moment. <laughs> Both Toshisai and, and Yosaimura are going hand over the face, smirky behind the fingers as they go, she fell for it. So they're like, yes, we purposely didn't say anything about switching out cars this entire time just because we knew you as a person who likes to bend and circumvent the rules would go for this. There is a risk she might get a good hand by switching out all of her cards, but as far as I can tell from her, from Toshisai's hand, and from my own, due to the fact that Toshisai-san is synced up with me, this is worth the gamble. There's no way that she could do this. But then Iroha realizes that enemy request is going for a particular card, and he reacts to it. And doesn't react uh, much. It's it's just kind of like a stare. Go, but I think his eyes are zeroed in on a card. And uh, he reacts to this, and. Uh, He's warned, like, no, it doesn't. Even if you folded, you can't. You can't let anything show in your face. And then enemy request is like, sorry, this is the one I want to switch out. So she basically old maids it. She reacts to Iroha's uh, expression, switches the card out, and gets a new one for just that one. And that gives her a winning hand, and knocks out Toshisai and Yosaimura, and gives her forty of the forty-five chips. And Iroha's got all the remaining five, and. uh Whoops! Iroha fucked it up for everyone. <laughs> uh, and he starts to panic again, and he thinks it's all his fault. And Yosemura immediately just kind of overrides this. Is like, it's not your fault. It's my fault because I took my eyes off you, despite the fact that I was trying to become the big leader for everyone. Uh, I fought fairly. I lost fairly. So I'm not going to make any excuses, and I'm not going to blame anyone else. And Iroha's like. I mean, you can say that that's clearly all my fucking flaws. That was, I reacted just as both. Uh, and now he's staring down, not just an enemy requested with 40 chips, but an enemy requested whom he sees as Yugata, who has petrified him and has traumatized him. And he's like, there's no way I can win. I feel like the only way I could possibly win is if I also broke the rules. Then Yugata, the real Yugata, uh -huh. <laughs> drops her interlocking key lock puzzle thing on the ground just goes oops i dropped my puzzle drop my puzzle and she says i'm offended at you that you could possibly mistake that bitch for me it's a great line <laughs> <laughs> and she's like i'm way cuter than that don't you think and don't you say like she's right she is way cuter <laughs> but she said but she says look setting aside the fact that you did cheat to beat me if you were able to actually get a fair draw with Tayutan, you've got no reason that you should possibly lose to a rule breaker. If you're truly my friend, it's about time you woke yourself up. Oh, they're friends, Nick. They're friends now. And enemy, enemy request is like, all right, I'm right here, guys. Yeah, hey, guys, whoa, <laughs> classmates still. Uh, stop calling me ugly and stupid. I don't, <laughs> it's saying I suck, please. So she freaking leans in on the table and is like, look, I've got a massive chip fleet. I don't even care. You can use your glasses weapon if you want. Let's see what your state-of-the-art weapon can do against me. You might as well. This is an anything-goes battle. And Iroha says, yeah, eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. When it comes to rule-breaking, I still want to fight there. And he puts Kagoe's glasses weapon in Toshisai's hand and hands it off to her. And uh, he just tells her, hey, give this back to Kagoe for me. And uh, an enemy request is like, I mean, 
all right, sure, uh, cool. Uh, I'll some. She said her line is very weird in a very in a very Cipher Academy way. I guess that'll work too. Full scale surrenders meant to uphold some boring sense of justice are historically <laughs> like all right. You're like all right. I bet you shut up over there, nerd girl. All right, let the kid do his little thing. And in the most Yu-Gi-Oh ass moment ever, oh my god, Hiroha says no. Justice will win. I'm going to glare at your violations with cold eyes, Anonymity San. Ice cold reading. LASIK! I lost my shit when he's like, my new power up. LASIK ice reading. Like, holy shit, this is so over the top. I love it though. <laughs> this is so fucking dumb. I love <laughs> so every moment of it uh it's fun i love everyone joining together i love a little moment of her dropping the keys like oops but hey for real and then son sucks not me don't worry about it and like toshi side being like if you're really my friend you'd be you'd be putting pulling yourself together at this point just like oh i love all these people all friends um and of course aroha down to just five chips as ninja pointed out five that's prime a prime number. number, guys. Write that down. Uh, you've already had it in your journal a couple times, but uh, it doesn't hurt to... I think this is now the fifth time I've told you to put it in your journal. That's, that's, that's a prime number. Stop, Quinn. You're going in a loop. <laughs> I'll never stop. I just keep... I'm like, guys, prime number. Keep writing it. All right. Good chapter. This goofy-ass series. I fucking love this. It's yeah. wonderful. All right, let's keep this energy high up. Let's keep it going. <laughs> so we talk about our new series. Yeah, let's take all this wild enjoyment. Oh, this All these series. things we like. Oh, man, this weird-ass series. Let's talk about a Hitman series. Now, Nick, please, let's be fair. Sure, the first, like, six pages had me saying, like, did I accidentally open up Sakamoto Days? But... There's a twist. We'll get to it. Okay. Now, so, also, this is the first chapter, guys. One. That's it's the not pro- prime number. No, it's not. What? It's not prime number. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> guys, 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 write it across the your journal. Oh, my God. Don't, don't put it in there. It's not. Are, prime numbers are whole numbers that are divisible by themselves and the number one. So yeah, even though. Can't you divide one by one? that's not considered the same thing this is this is some fucking magic the gathering like it only triggers when it attacks and it's already it comes in attacking so it actually misses that step i had to do that explanation to somebody at the pre-release this past week and i had to be like doesn't this card just go infinite and keep creating tokens it's like mm, actually no. it, it it creates attacking tokens they miss the attack step which is what starts their trigger and like i felt huh. like i was a, a fucking I felt for once like the nerd. I was like, mm, actually, yeah. So uh, we, uh, yeah, uh, okay. High energy, wacky stuff. Uh, <laughs> Kyobu, chapter one. Sorry, page one. Let's go to school. It's Let's about go. a. It's about a hitman. A very, very just stoic been through everything seen it all smokes a whole lot has a bulletproof newspaper that he uses as a weapon slash tool slash shield while he's fighting some bad guys goes in this compound kills a bunch of people with his gun his much younger partner 
uh, joins him, and they they win the day and everything. And uh, so the the younger hitman guy says like, "Oh man, you 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 look so cool, and you you've got that classic newspaper look." And the guy's just like, "Oh, I mean, this is just clearly for my job because it's you know it's handy in a lot of situations. You, know, you can blend in, and also you can like it, it keeps your gun concealed and stuff." Oh hey, what's this weird wasp nest? Oh, I got bit. Uh, sorry. They go to they go to eat, and he eats a bunch of he puts a bunch of garlic on stuff, and then he feels bad when he 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 notices like some kids a kid, and uh, he runs into the kid, and uh, the kids get scared away because he's a scary looking guy, and he gets into his apartment, and he starts to relax. And he looks at a picture of uh, his uh, mother and daughter uh, who uh, have uh, left him, and uh, he's like, I don't even know how to handle kids. My my life is really boring," says the hitman. Uh, well, if that's all but, you did, Nick. Like, I, like, hey, Nick, we're like podcasters, and sometimes we're like, "Oh, is this all there is to our modern life?" Yeah, I remember that last time we did a podcast, and we had to take out an entire warehouse full of people with guns. Yeah, our boring podcast. And like at lives. the end of it, I was just like, "Nick, will these doldrums truly never end? <laughs> never cease?" Uh, the guy's younger partner uh, and I, comes And then, then I vertical suplexed a man to death. <laughs> uh, uh, the uh, the guy uh, gets a knock at the door from his partner who's telling him like, oh, I was supposed to give you something. And then the wasp that came out of the hive thing bites him and he goes, ah, it hurts. And, and uh, he, he collapses on the ground. <gasps> and when he wakes up, uh, our, our spy protagonist uh, Ogami is in a hospital bed but he's not just in a hospital bed he's a kid in a hospital bed his body has grown younger uh, and as it turns out the uh, scientist who's kind of been observing him is his ex-wife whoa so, uh, uh, that's wild that that's whoa okay you have me intrigued now uh, so uh she says, "Like, yeah, there's been some extreme physical changes to your to your appearance. We don't know exactly what happened, uh, but we've got you know some researchers researching the the wasp." And uh, he's like, "Oh my god, I'm like a 12 year old, 13 year old kid. I'm gonna turn back, right?" And she just says, "I mean, maybe. I've, I don't know. I don't know. So uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, so." Yeah, she says, like, it doesn't seem like your life is in imminent danger, like, like your condition is stable other than just being a kid, but you're going to need to, you know, take a leave of absence from work. He's like, I wouldn't have any income then. It's like, I mean, he's got a point. You, you know, uh, so. Maybe you don't need so, money, uh, though, guys. Let's just start bartering, you know? Yeah. And uh, I like how he points out, like, how am I supposed to pay, like, child support? And she's like, I mean, I've got a job. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but she says, but you can take it up with the boss. He's got a bit of a proposal for you. And uh, he gets in contact with uh, the boss who is hidden in shadow. Uh, and uh, he's like, look, I'm fine. I can work even if I'm in this condition. And he's like, yeah, I kind of felt you would say you would say that. Uh, and I've got a job that's perfect for you in your state. I want you to go to middle school. <gasps> so yeah, I've been considering sending my daughter to a private middle school next year. I want you to infiltrate it and do an inspection for me. Uh, and he's like, what? You just want to do some like stupid thing? Check out schools for your kids? Is this some joke? And uh, his wife, 
of course, is just around with the with the with the barbs. His ex-wife, I should say, with with the barbs of like, I mean, you never got past elementary school when you were a kid, so this is actually kind of perfect for you. So, Aww. yep. Uh, but his boss says, "Like, look, you'll be paid. Go ahead, go and do it." So Ogami suits up in the school uniform, and he also puts on a pair of glasses that have like security uh, a security feed going through them, so that his partner. Uh, Nikota can be his man in the van for him and uh, give him some ob- observation and advice and stuff. So uh, Ogami goes to orientation day. He goes to the junior high. He he goes up, introduces himself, and uh, he just is like, hi. Everyone's like, all right. This kid's kind of a downer. So Nikota's like, boss! Your intro sucked. You can blend in more. Say, say like, some hobbies you've got. And he's like, I like shooting guns. Like, oh, my God. So he's like, oh, I mean, airsoft guns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, paintball. Yeah. I was like, okay, okay. Oh, that sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. He still seems, this guy still kind of sucks. He's just, you know, a weird kid. So uh, some, like, kind of popular girls, like, kind of bump into him while he's, like, you know, changing his shoes at the shoe lockers. Uh, they're like, I creep. Yep. So he goes. He goes home. Nakota's made some omo rice, uh, and uh, he's like, "Listen, you you kind of suck at being a kid. You need to not get yourself suspended or expelled in order to do this. You you know you can't get kicked out of school or it's mission fail. So you're ready for tomorrow, all right? Uh, you gotta and also like you gotta go to school and like learn stuff. And Ogami's like. When me child was trained to punch and shoot, no learn nothing because Hitman no need learn ways of world. So uh, he's like, all right, I guess I'll start studying now. And uh, it's time because they're in junior high to learn about positive and negative numbers, which seems kind of late for like Japanese school, but whatever. But anyway, Ogami's like, oh my god, learning is fun. I am learning math and science and history. This is great. And he's like literally crying with joy. It's like, oh, isn't this nice? I legitimately thought this was like a nice little twist of the story that he is like, oh, this is awesome. I love learning. Like, I was like, oh, that's a little sweet. It's honestly the best part of the whole of the chapter. It's just like, I like learning stuff. So... uh, He's like, oh man, I've spent my whole life just, you know, not having to think about anything. Is that why, like, I feel this way now that I've got some knowledge going into my brain? I, I it's, it's great. It's like whiskey. All right, calm down. Uh, he goes home and uh, he's like really enthusiastic about like learning stuff. He's like, oh my god, homework. Oh, it's learning about school and stuff. Oh, it's like, wow, okay, you're taking your your, your job seriously. Cool. Uh, and then Ogami goes back to class the next day uh, after we see a very brief in the background a news report of a deviant disrupting schools, a serial deviant. Uh, At so. first I was like really concerned about this. Like, what does that mean? And then when you get to the point, you're like, this is a thing. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I guess, uh, I don't know. We'll get to that when we get to it. So, uh, yeah, 
you know, Ogami says like, oh man, social studies is fascinating to think that there's been this ancient burial mound all the time. I've done contract killing here and I did it with a sniper rifle. And as we all know, sniping requires no math whatsoever. None. So. No need to take into account the curvature of the earth. <laughs> not at all. So <laughs> he, you know, he's going out and about in the, in the courtyard and he realized like, okay, I'm having a great time, like learning stuff and everything. But I don't know how to, how, to, how to deal with kids at all still. Like, I'm still just a grumpy old man inside. I don't know how to interact with people. And hey, that deviant uh, shows up. Uh, <gasps> this guy running around uh, in, in boxers and um, a panda mask. At first, I was hey. like, oh, this guy seems fun. He's just like a silly little goofball. I mean, he does start by kicking a, a security guy in the face. Yeah, like, fuck cops, right. Nick. I was on board. I'm like, this guy yeah. rules. So at first, everyone's like, oh, who the hell is that guy? And the popular girls from before are like, look at this weirdo. Oh, no, he's coming right towards us. Oh, God, he's running literally right at us. Ah, the then, sun is coming through his, through his legs. Then he's not so good, Nick. <laughs> then no, not then good, I'm not, not on board with this guy. No, he, uh, he starts having, like, fantasies about, uh, you know, like, being captured by the cops and everything. It's like, oh, I don't like this guy. And he's literally, you know terrorizing these girls who are backed into a wall and everyone's like oh shit uh and ogami's like oh it's that guy yeah okay uh and uh nakota's like oh hey those are the girls who were making fun of you the other day right i mean you, you don't have to help them it's not part of your mission in order to do it you might you know just want to like walk away and preserve your cover and ogami's like yeah but when i think about it these girls are like the same age as my daughter and look save this one because it's your duty don't say that one because it's not that sounds pretty petty to me. Uh, so Nakoda's like, all right, just make sure you don't blow your cover. So Ogami snatches some chalk from a nearby student who was, you know, like cleaning supplies, uses them to produce a instant smoke screen by throwing them really hard. And I, 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 sure. Yeah. Uh, makes enough sense to me. Sure. He dashes through it, does a big ass punch to the guy, but the guy's like, turn my abs, <laughs> just absorbs it. And uh, then he takes out a stick of dynamite uh, that was in his boxers. And uh, he is like, all right, yeah, I'm just going to blow everything up. This was massive escalation from streaking. Yeah, it's weird because, like, his implication, I guess, is he's he's been running to schools and the police have been chasing him. But he's fantasizing about being caught by the police. But he also plans to blow up. Uh, whatever situation it goes poorly in, it's it's a very weird like his strange backup plans. Is what I'm trying to get at. Yes, his 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 movement from plan A to plan B to plan C has very little to connection. Yeah. Uh, Ogami deals with the situation by kicking him in the balls and knocking the sick dynamite up in the air, and then he shoots a gun at it and blows it up harmlessly in the in, in the sky, and everything's fine. Uh, the girls kind of caught a glimpse of maybe something happening, but it was chaotic enough and covered up in chalk dust that they didn't actually see anything. And they're like, did we just get rescued by that creep? And he's like, no, no, some other guy came out of nowhere. I'm just a normal child who comes to school to learn. Yep. Uh, so the criminal's been taken down. Nobody really knows what happened. Uh, Ari at, at headquarters, uh, or actually at her home, is watching stuff uh, it looks like with her daughter. And they're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Um, and uh, then uh, it's the end of the school day, I guess. 
and uh Ogami's classmates are like, oh, let's go, let's go do some. Hey, we should start a group chat for the class. Uh we've got you, got you, got you, got you. And that just leaves uh oh that creep. Yeah, we can just leave him out. It's fine. And Ogami's like, yeah, that's fine. But the popular girls are like, now nah, we should ask him. He's cool. Yeah. And so they nice. add, they add, they add him to the group chat and it's like, oh, okay. That's 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 nice. Uh and then Ogami immediately has a a, a boomer moment of like, why does everyone talk this way? I can't keep up with the conversation yeah. <laughs> so fast. So, uh, and Nakota's just like, mute your notifications, you idiot. Uh, and uh, Ogami's like, okay, well, I'm still in this situation. I'm still a kid, but hey, I've got I've got stuff to look forward to. At least let's go do some homework. End of chapter. Yeah. Uh, so look, I mean, the joke we keep making is like. It feels a lot like Sakamoto days at the start and like, oh my gosh, it's like another Hitman series where this kind of already two relatively significant ones running in the magazine. Like, do we really need another one? Uh, I don't hate Kill Blue. I, I don't. Um, I, I'm not like, oh boy, I can't wait for the next chapter or anything like that. But the art's great, you know. This is this is an established author in Jump at this point. This is uh, this is uh, Fujimaki, the uh, creator of uh, Kuroko's Basketball and Robot Laser Beam. So. You're wearing a Kuroko's Basket T-shirt right now, uh, and I'm wearing I'm wearing my Robot X Laser. It's not. It's a Trans Rights T-shirt. Trans- but <laughs> imagine if I had a Robo X Laser Beam shirt. I was like, Nick, we're matching. Uh, so I, I think there's like there's a quality in here. Um, but I, I think there, it feels like there's a steep hill to climb, uh, just in terms of like what already exists in the magazine, what niche does this kind of fill and like how much mileage we can kind of get out of this premise. Like, is this going to be more action based? Is this just going to be more of like a full on, like goofy comedy? Like, I don't know. I felt so little when reading this chapter the first time through i had a lot more fun when we were going over it together honestly and uh you might notice i didn't peak particularly high during it uh but i i don't know just yes there was the initial impulse of like oh good another another hitman series you know another comedy hitman series where they you know deal with the situation you wouldn't expect a hitman to be in and stuff but even beyond that like i don't i didn't feel like really there were jokes that went anywhere that I didn't expect them to go. And it's, it just kind of just feels very to make a robot laser beam golf Mm. reference. Very par. Oh, Nick put a fucking golf putt on this dork. No. So, uh, (laughs) so, you know, Fujimaki is a very talented Art, artist uh and you know a lot of the, their, their their style is very distinct uh and so that is all you know great uh i did not have a hard time following you know what was going on in throughout this this chapter at all in terms of action you know character beats and all that stuff it's just that it seems like this is going to be a primarily like kind of comedy uh series and i didn't think it was really funny at all uh that could change I feel like maybe if uh, we lean into some more of that, you know, Ogami having a chance to, you know, live this lost youth that he never got to experience and like, experience the joy of like going to school, 
then maybe we'll have something. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. And also uh, having a thing about an unexpected person going to high school. We just got out of one of those that I didn't really care for. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's not doing anything for me yet. Uh, we'll give it a couple more chapters and see yeah, if that changes. Two more chapters. Speaking of two, Nick. Prime number. Well, I was going to get to that point, but we're going to have to talk about chapter two, guys. It's a prime number. I said it first, not Nick. Oh. <laughs> no, Nick said it first. He's the smart one. <laughs> we're going to have to talk about chapter he two. Knew, he knew that two was a prime number without going to the currently tabbed Wikipedia list of prime numbers. It's chapter two of 10 Maku Cinema. And guess what, guys? 10 is not a prime number. It's not a prime number. Could. One and zero, also not prime numbers. That's very true. Yes. Yeah. Tenmaku Cinema, uh, which uh, features a very interesting picture of Tenmaku at the very beginning of it. But uh, so last time. Uh, oh, gosh, I haven't memorized people's names at all yet. It's Shinichi, I think, is our director guy is our director boy's name. And then Himeki is the actress girl. Uh-huh. Uh, so. Uh, Tenmaku uh, is just like thinking about some thinking about movies while he while he snoozes, and then he wakes up and looks over at uh, Hajime, and uh, he's like, "Oh, what's going on? Why aren't you sleeping?" And he's like, "I wonder why. I wonder why I wouldn't be sleeping. And that's not like anything stressful happened to me." <laughs> so he's uh, pretty angry at him over the whole thing that happened in the last chapter. And Tenmaku says, "Like, look, I I, I just saw a good actor." just makes me have to write. So, script's done. Make the movie. There. That's that. And Hajime's like, I'm not going to do that. It's like, no! Make the movie! This is a short film. And he says, like, look, it's just going to be a short film. Film it! Film it! Film it! So, uh, Tenmaku, I think we should point out, even before he died, is older than Hajime. He's arguing like a toddler, which is nice. And Hajime says, like, look, I've got three. There it is again. Three. We keep on going back to three. Guys, it's a prime number. Write it down. Hajime says, there's three reasons. I've One, I've never filmed a movie. Two, I've got exams to take and I don't have time. And I was like, I will literally kill you if you don't make this movie. <laughs> He's like, oh, I've got another reason. I've got another reason. I've got another reason. Uh, and he says, like, the third reason is that the star actress you've picked out, she's way too amazing. I'm not worthy of working with her. So, all right, calm down. She is still in high school. Not even in high school. She is in junior high like you are. Yeah. Chill. But she's uh, a big actress. She's, she's apparently, yeah. she's in major stuff. Yeah, but at the same time, what's the worst that could happen? She doesn't want to do it, which has already been established. She wants to do it. <laughs> like, so. so, uh, and like, as he like, just goes down the stairs, on the TV in his home, there is a story on the news about her. So, okay, maybe she is a pretty big deal. Yeah, I was going to say, she's, she's, get, she's getting her. news stories, Nick. She's, she's, she's a hot commodity. Yeah. So, also, uh, the clock says 7 o'clock. 7. It's a prime number. <laughs> but not 25. Don't, for the love of God, don't write 25 down. You'll look like a Fair. fool. Or seven twenty-five for that matter. That's that's also out. Yes. So Hajime thinks to himself for is like, I mean, you know, come to think of it, this is going to be a freaking junior high movie with basically no budget to it. 
why would a popular actress want to do this? And Sinmak is like, because my script is awesome, <laughs> clearly. And Ajima's like, did you rip off someone else's movie when you did this? Like, is that... Did, did, it's like, well, fuck you, Hajime. Yeah, it's shit, nerd. <laughs> uh, so Hajime gets into class, and his, his friends are like, what the hell happened to you? Like, you were on your way to class, and he just left and ran off what what happened to you uh it was nothing so he's like okay i just i just need to to get to to, to karai and still like to please just forget what i said yesterday and just drop it and i'll just you know take the request back and that'll be the end of it and immediately before class starts you make it comes into the the door and everyone's like oh my god the, that famous child actress you make karaki Karakui is here. What's she doing here? And she goes up to Hajime and is like, Director, I have a question about the movie. <laughs> He's like, shut up. Everyone. Shut up. Be quiet. <laughs> and I love that no one's even realized what the hell is, is even going on yet because they don't recognize the English word director. So they're like, did she call him Derek? What's going on here? <laughs> so... She takes him to an isolated part of the school and she's like, what's Nagisa's favorite animal? And he says, what? Who? Who's Nagisa? What do you mean? It's the lead character in the script you wrote. Her name is Nagisa. And Maku looks at Hachi and is like, yeah, get with it. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> I love that. I do love the utter impatience everyone has towards this kid. Uh, so he's like, oh my god. And so Himeki says, like, yeah, I want to know about Nag what Nagisa likes and dislikes so that I can flesh out her character. That's how I get into the role. So she's something of a method actor, but it doesn't sound like all the way there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, she crafts the role in order to get into it. And Tanaka's like, yeah, I picked out a really good actress. I'm really, I'm really, I really want to, looking forward to, to, to filming this. And Hajime's like, we're not going to film it. Uh, but Himeki kind of goes into her own world, just like talking to herself out loud about like, oh, there are there animals she doesn't care for, like macaques or black tree kangaroos. So specific. I was going to say very specific animals. <laughs> and then she says like, oh, and I imagine her favorite color changes year to year. And so this so th imagine each year from the time she was one to 14 and she probably likes bright colors because she's a strong character. She might carry a handkerchief and has a surprisingly ladylike streak, mm, kind hearted. Yes. And she starts talking to Nagisa like Nagisa is like standing there next to her. Like, and it's, it's like, cute. all right. Yeah. Uh, OK, I was a little bit worried about like, oh, this character, this character just got to be the perfect actress. Like, no, no, no. She's a weirdo. It's going to be fine. She's a little it's it's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, and Hajime realizes what's going on. Tenmaka realizes what's going on, uh, and is like, and he's like, "Oh wow, she's more mystifying than I expected." Which is like, yeah, Tenmaka's a ghost, and he thinks this is kind of weird. But he's like, "Yeah, if she's into it, great. We're gonna go to sleep. Make the movie." <laughs> <laughs> but Hajime's like, "We're not gonna make the movie now." Uh, but Tenmaka's like, "No, you've got to make it, Hajime." So. Himeki really wants to, to know this question about the macaque thing that she brought up. Uh, and so Hajime you know, talks, tell, you know, brings up like, hey, look, no, here's the three reasons we can't make this movie. And look, I can't take up your precious time. And Himeki's like, what do you mean you can't make it? Uh, look, I just, you know, I didn't think that you would agree when I said that to you. And I don't want you, I don't want you to waste your time on this. And she says, but time's not an issue. I want to play Nagisa. B why this 
the script is written by some total unknown amateur. It's a student's work, which is what are you talking about? This script is the real thing. Don't dismiss it out of humility. And she is deadly serious. I and she's love, got this huge gleam in her eyes. I really do enjoy Shinseki's artwork at these times. There's there's it's, it's just like character work that, that they're capable of that really is just like Absolutely. cool to look at. And Hajime uh, is freaking taken aback by how serious she is. And she's like, okay, there's the warning bell. I've got to go. We'll talk more at lunch. So she goes off. Uh, and Hajime is kind of left with his own thoughts and is left thinking about what uh, Himeki said to him. And so he uh, he hides the script and and kind of reads it while they're in class by adding it up by his book. He's like, okay, so the book is called, the, the, the story is called The Shore. And uh, it's not, we cut ahead to when it's lunch. And when one of Hajime's friends comes over to him, he is bawling his eyes out because of the the script. It really was actually that good. Uh, of course, he was pretending to read a textbook the whole time. So he's like, it's just a really moving textbook. It's so good. Hydrogen and oxygen make water together, you guys. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, He's like, yeah. He's like, have y'all ever heard of prime numbers before? <laughs> and did you know that one isn't one? It's such bullshit. It <laughs> isn't divisible by anything else. It's just like Pluto all over again. <laughs> Get me in back. It's punching the walls. All right, that that's fucking dork. <laughs> uh. So he he does briefly state what the plot of the of the story of the uh, of the story of the movie is, which is the main character lives in the seaside town. It it just kind of depicts her everyday life and a small incident, and it's just somehow really really moving. Uh, there's just a really delicate touch to like the characters, uh, and somehow the environment really pours through really just the written words. And he finally looks over at Ten uh, Tenmaku and is like, "Who the hell are you?" Because you you can't just be some amateur screenwriter, and then he remembers like, oh, I was collaborating with Ryushi Urakawa. He's like, maybe this guy is actually the real deal. Yeah. He may. <laughs> I love this moment. Approaches Hajime during uh, <laughs> the lunch break, and she does the like guy forcefully flirting with the girl thing by planning her hand on the wall next but she's like I need to talk to you about how I'm gonna portray Nagisa uh, and she's like yeah once you hear about my plan for acting out this role you're gonna really be moved and want to make this movie so she's really confident in herself and she's like yeah Nagisa always stands up straight and her face is neutral at the beginning and, and she's just really passionate about it and she actually like gets up next to him and they go over the script together. Well, she goes over the script while she's next to him. And she's like, oh, I want in this scene, I want to do like a pouty expression and stuff. Do you see it? And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I actually because she used a reference to Linda, Linda, Linda. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's a good reference. Oh, and then, you know, in the next scene, when Nagisa and the boy are talking about you could do a super long take and they just start talking about how they might shoot the movie together while Tenmaku quietly is observing them from the background and eventually they stop talking about just the script and they start talking about movies just in general like big movies that they that they like uh and Hajime is 
using his like points thing because that's yeah. apparently going to be his big gimmick uh, when referring to stuff. But then he realized, like, why the hell am I talking with Himeki Kurakui about just stuff? I love that he does get to. I love people just getting talking about movies passion. It's always it's always yeah. very, very nice. Uh, and he realized, like, oh, man, getting to talk to someone about movies like this on this level is really fun. And when he gets quiet, he makes it like, what's going on? Talk to me more about 90s movies. <laughs> <laughs> it, does uh, it hurt, Nick, that we're old enough now that like the movies that came out when we grew up are now just like considered like you just say 90s movies now and yeah. not, not just like oh yeah like the movies are good like it's a genre now like 80s movies were like, like no it's us yeah <laughs> we're old now i like how they're only talking about like you know serious 90s movies though so it's like okay it's fine <laughs> yeah. as long as they don't talk as long as they don't go it's like let's talk about 90s movies oh yeah space jam <laughs> yeah they're like let's talk about 90s movies so it's the rugrats movie <laughs> kids in america is playing over the credits <laughs> again yeah <laughs> uh so he's he, he he breaks up them talking about 90s movies he's like oh about the shore and she thinks like oh, are you gonna try and get out of this again and he's like <sighs> and he pauses and he says in the last scene of the shore the part where nagis is walking along the shore say we start with the camera low and then a handheld camera chases her for a close-up of her profile just for a moment and then we cut to a long shot camera pans left we see someone's back and Nagisa's expression is slightly bashful slightly digged in give it a full moment and then she says I'm home a cloudy sky her line the sound of the waves roll credits and as he has been talking about this Himeki has closed her eyes and has just imagined the scene unfold it's very sweet. and uh, she says have you really never shot a movie before He's like, no. She says, I gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's got work to do. Uh, But she says, apart from the ending, we still got a lot of scenes to plan out. So I'll see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, But so she leaves. Uh, She leaves Hajime with Tenmako, and he's like, I can't film a movie. It's it's not possible. And this isn't even my script. I can't just like claim credit for this script. I, I've got exams to do. I'm just an amateur. And Tenmaki says, Hajime, don't you want to be the one who films that final scene? And later on, in the AV room, where all of Hajime's friends are getting ready for their usual just hang out, eat food, watch, watch movies time. Himeki shows up and says, I'll be playing the role of Nagisa. I look forward to working with you all. And they're like, what is happening? What's going on? <laughs> so, yeah. Great chapter. Yeah. I, <laughs> really, really good. I love this interaction. It's great stuff. Really, really good stuff. I'm loving this series. I'm loving them talking about all their movies and their, their fun little adventures. Like us like building on the cast a little bit. Premise is shaping up. I'm having a good time. Yeah, it's all all good so far and like i said before i'm just really glad that he make he's not just like just some weird perfect girl it's like no no she's she's also very eccentric she's got very defining qualities and stuff and she's you know capable of being funny and moving and and yeah. and it's like yeah good good, good. <laughs> thank god <laughs> <laughs> all right nick let's move on to Mashal magic and muscles this is chapter 152 
Uh, is that a prime Ochoa. Uh, it's not a prime number. Uh, it's an even Ochoa. number. Ochoa. Well, Nick, sometimes they deceive you. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, yeah, think about mm-hmm. that. Okay, I will. <laughs> I will think about that. Yep. Achoa and the Great Struggle. Uh, so we open with Lance, who just did his big, like, uh, fucking gravity bomb after gravity bomb thing. Uh, but Innocent Zero just gets up. And he's like, I, you can struggle all you want, but it's not going to work. Shoots him through the chest with one of his, like, little arrow things. Uh, clock hand things and Lance goes down. He's like, oh man, you guys really resist. And Lance gets up and he's like, I can still fight. And Innocent Zero's like, what the fuck? Why does this dude keep getting up? And Lance is like, this fight isn't over until MASH comes back. Innocent Zero notes like, alright, even with everything this guy has, has sustained, he still fights. Like, There's no doubt he will be one of the strong, like, in time he would be one of the strongest divine visionaries and become as much of a risk to me as Mashburn dead. I need to ensure he dies here. So he starts charging up a little energy attack, and then Choa shows up. It's just like kind of quiet as the you know like Innocent Zero turns to look at Achoa, and Achoa just has their head down, and he's like, "You guys are all so stupid. There's no way you can win. You're just going to die." But here you are acting all brave and protecting strangers. You can't expect me to run away at a time like this. And Zero's like, what do you possibly hope to accomplish? And we see Achoa uses magic, alligatities, or however you pronounce it. He turns into an alligator, and he snaps up Mash. And he's like, now to run, and just starts bolting. Starts like, you know, alligators skittering away. And Innocent Zero just moves over, shoots him with the blast, and, you know, Ochoa goes flying, but he, he holds on to Mash, and he's like, he activates his magic again, he's like, it's a boost, I'll go faster, and he keeps getting hit, and he's just like, it hurts, I want to go home, but not today, today's the day I do something, and you know, he thinks back to all these, you know, big speeches that everyone else has given about, like, how it doesn't matter, and you know how strong your opponent is and lance being like i have to you know face my sister and everything like that so joe just says today's the day i do something so i can be proud of myself is zero attacks him again and this is this is finally the last one achoa goes flying uh turns back mash hits the ground and man you know, just apologizing i'm so sorry everybody I couldn't even stall for time right. I betrayed you all. I couldn't even make up for it. I'm so sorry I was useless. And Innocent Zero's like, you are revolting. You were wisest when you betrayed your equally weak allies. And in the end, your efforts amounted to nothing. Insignificant garb. But then there's a (laughs) slot coming in from the side. As MASH. Backhand would be one way to describe it, but it's a punch so it's it's like a punch backhand it is a back fist yes back fist and mash just says who are you going to call other people garbage and there's kind of like little nubbins in his it's wounds the, uh, it's the heart taking root yeah uh it's it's, it's a very disturbing image mash is back yes. and he's his fist is smoking he says Acting all high and mighty won't do anything but earn you a pounding. 
So that's where we are. Mash is back, Nick. I think. Yeah. Finally, we're in the final fight. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I think I I I hope so at this point, unless we are literally just going to get a completely unrelated arc, which shonen manga do do sometimes, where it's like, well, the final villain who clearly was linked intrinsically to all the heroes and what they were trying to accomplish has been defeated. Anyway, here's another one. Yeah. Like you know, sometimes that does happen. Maybe it will with Mash. Uh, it's I mean it's pretty popular and it's just got, had an anime come out so maybe uh but uh it does seem as though we are getting to the end of everything going on uh-huh. and hey Ochoa finally like had his big character turn yep his magic is silly <laughs> he just he barely looks different when he's an alligator because he's already wearing the suit uh and all he does is turn to an alligator that runs kind of fast <laughs> that's it uh, but hey, Mash is back, and he's gonna beat up Innocent Zero. Hell yeah! Yeah, I, like I do love lot. that picture where he finally just backhands Innocent Zero, and Innocent Zero is just in the middle of doing something, and he's just like, "What's happening?" While it's while it's happening to him, it's good. It's good. All right, Nick, let's talk about it. All right, it's the Elusive Samurai Chapter One Hundred Six. Last time, Takauji tried to stab himself through the throat and missed. And because of that, decided to keep on fighting, and everyone was mesmerized by this. In fact, the light that emits from Ashikaga, as it turns out, is more mesmerizing than Yorishige's. And Fubuki and a bunch of other people just step forward to surrender to Ashikaga because he is so charismatic. Okay! (laughs) Uh, and this is portrayed as this is a big Nanbokucho tag with the demon Ashikaga Takauji, who is portrayed as having faces coming out of his body, and the faces have eyes full of eyes and ears full of eyes and and mouths, and they're swallowing up people. It's terrifying. It's gross. So, a bunch of people have stepped in to surrender and immediately uh moriyasu and uh Tsunome step in and are like we're going to take advantage of the fact that their ranks have thinned and kill the rest of them because their defenses their their flanks are weak so they storm in and start attacking the hojo forces uh the soldiers that have surrendered are just taken prisoner including fubuki and uh moroyao uh recognizes uh fubuki and is like hey wait a minute that's Hikobe something or other's kid. That was a he was part of our co clan, and uh, they're like, "Well, why do you recognize him?" It's like, "Oh, he was actually he excelled while he was at the Ashikaga Academy, so I actually wanted him under my command." And he tells Fubuki, "Hey, do Sakasakio on this dead body that I've just got lying here." <laughs> and Fubuki instinctively uh, takes up some swords that are presented to him and does this massive multi-cutting technique that we've seen him employ before and just butchers the body. And he says, I don't know why he killed his father and fled, but anyone this firmly in Takaji-sama's grip has experienced his power before or has a severe spiritual hunger. This is perfect. Listen, I took my uncle's boy as an adopted child and uh, he got stepped on by a horse, so he's dead. Put on this mask and pretend to be my relative. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> and Fubuki is kind of like 
vaguely conscious in this moment and he's while he's still following orders and he thinks to himself like there's this like mist obscuring my vision he answers that his name is fubuki when asked but he's told your new name is going to be fuyu meaning winter from now on you are kono moro fuyu and you will dedicate your talents to the ashikaga and fubuki's like what was i doing just now so he is fully like mind enthralled by the might of Ashikaga's brain magic right now. Uh-huh. So that's happened. Uh, the skirmish comes to an apparent end uh, and the Hojo forces are not looking very good. Their numbers are decimated. Uh, Genba is like, how the fuck did he do that? Why did he never do that before? <laughs> Uh, and Toki's really upset because his friend Fubuki freaking abandoned them. Uh, and Yoshi is like, geez, it's, I, and, you know, I, when I met him, I foresaw he would not betray us. But then I re- he realized, like, oh, oh, wait, that happened at a time that my abilities were kind of weak. So that's why. Uh, we're screwed. Uh, everything is flowing to Ashikaka Takaoji's benefit right now. So he goes to Tokiyuki and he says, Listen, there's a defensive line on the edge of Kamakura. I'm going to make my final stand there. And Tokyuki says, well, what about me? And he says, I'm sorry for failing you. I will hold him up while you flee. And Tokyuki says, are you planning to die? Don't do that. Let's flee together. And Yorishike says, I've got to take responsibility for this battle. I'm to blame for exposing you. I can't let you bear this burden. And Tokyuki says, no, this is a pointless death. And if you serve me, I forbid you to die. You vowed to serve me to the pits of hell. I order you not to go. As your lord, I order you. And Yorishige says, look, you're more like a son to me. I value your life above all. And Tokyuki is crying and he gets really fierce and he says, you're not my father. Know your place as my servant because he doesn't want him to go off to his freaking death. Yeah. And Yorishige says, you're right. We're not family. And so I end my service to you and accept this battle as my own. And he walks off while Tokyuki is held back by his uncle to prevent him from going away. No, no, uh, Yorishige, please, no, don't go. Yeah. Um, no, stop, don't, please. Yeah. I, it's hard to like work up a ton. I don't have a ton of affection for the Yoshige character, especially as they became less and less relevant as like the series went along. Other than to like occasionally show up and just be like, "We're gonna win this fight." <laughs> I already seen it. And you're like, okay. Um, Admittedly, in the last big downtime we had before this, they, we did basically establish that like Yoshige is essentially a foster father to Tokiyuki, and they were really close to each other. Yeah. If that didn't do it for you, though. It didn't do it for you. So. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't, it's not that I'm like, oh, I hate this character or anything. I just don't have, like, that much of a connection. I was I was more interested when, when Tokyuki's like, fuck you, you're my goddamn servant, and I order you to stay here. You know, and that was, like, kind of, like, a, a cool moment of, like, authority, yeah. like, that you ultimately, you know, was there to protect him. Uh, yes. But it's great. We're going to do this. I, I don't know what we're going to do, but it looks like it's going to be a sacrificial thing. If it is, we'll see what happens, but... Mm-hmm. As of right now, uh, it's just one of those things where, like, I want to be into the emotional core of this, but, like, I'm already pretty distantly connected to most of the emotions when it comes to this series, so we shall see. 
Come on, Quinn. All those characters that got introduced five chapters ago just to die two chapters ago didn't do it for you. Nick, well, any day now, the girl who lost her arms is going to show back, or her legs is going to show back up. So. Her fingers. Fingers. <laughs> Whatever the fuck she lost, she's going to show back up and, and really save the day. Um, okay. Uh, we're going to wrap this up, though, Nick. We're going to talk about yes. 357 of Black Clover, which it's not a prime is number. a it's not not prime number. It's, prime it's number. it is it is a not prime number. Uh, three fifty seven is three hundred fifty seven is divisible by three, so it's not a prime number. Why the fuck do you know this? Uh, there's a couple of different things you can do. One is uh, if you add three to three hundred fifty seven, that makes it three hundred sixty, which is obviously divisible by three. Another is there's a trick, which is if you add up all the digits of a number and they add up to a number that is divisible by three, that means that the number itself is divisible by three. You can do it with anything. An enormous nerd, you fucking gigantic geek, you little pencil neck <laughs> loser. <laughs> Don't hate me because I'm right. <laughs> I obviously am. I obviously hate you because you're right and smart. Oh, all right. <laughs> Let's talk about Fanny Black Clover, page 357. The final slash. Uh, so, uh, you know, did his big attack on Master Luscious, but Master Luscious is, is perfectly fine. Sword stops right at the shoulder and he says, Absorbing Lucifero made me physically tough as well. Your attacks will never reach me that easily. And the spell you've cast is enormous. I imagine even you will not last that long. So in the end, your struggle is pointless. You'll only prolong the suffering. Forgot what happened in this chapter. <laughs> we cut over to Yami, who is looking over the great hero, Jack the Ripper, who is dying. <laughs> As uh, Morgan, the revived angel, uh, is is kind of watching from afar, and we cut to Jack the Ripper, who's like, "Ugh, am I gonna die?" And we see sort of a flashback where he fought against Yami, and Yami was like, almost uh, took him out, and it's like, "Look, like we're on the same side, loser. Like we don't have to do all this." And uh, he sees Morgan show up and, you know, they're they're chatting and everything like that. And a bunch of townspeople are like, that's the Grey Deer Brigade's light and dark duo, the best of our generation. And, you know, so the other person's like, light's the strongest attribute in history. Well, dark's a total enigma. These, this is these fucking NPCs yeah. over here. <laughs> Pretty much. One of them is just like, did you hear that there's a thief running around the marketplace? This is one of those things where, like, you know, when we you know how when Bakugo occasionally gets ahead of himself, it's like, look at you, you guys are extras, and they're like, we're people with like, you know, personalities and futures and stuff. It's like, in this case, it was like, why would you talk this way? Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> uh, so, Jack the Ripper, sorry, the great hero Jack the Ripper, the this is the last Jack time. The, the great hero Jack the Ripper is like, oh, wow, their magic's so strong. I like it. Someday I'm going to slash them both. And you know, he, the way the person who admires things thinks. Yep, just like a great hero would do. And he, he, he starts getting up. He's like, move over the way, Yami. And Morgan is, uh, you know, shining with this bright light. And is like, I shall use my light to send you to heaven. <laughs> and we continue with the introspective of the great hero, Jack the Ripper. And his fascinating character who says, up until now. Remember those times I slashed things? Remember yeah. that other time I slashed a thing? 
his great character insight of up till now I've slashed, slash, 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 slash like crazy and honed my skill. Now I'll slash everything apart with one last slash. He didn't say slash there, weirdly enough. And he swings his big sword. There's a light beam coming at him, but he swings his sword uh, arm, and it's so powerful. We get a big two-page spread showing this attack that you know protrudes from the uh, uh, the actual like the the tree, and then immediately like you know, extends out of the country. Like this thing is going so far. And there's just a gigantic chasm created by this slash. It is cut through just, several members of the the angels. Sorry, just down the just down the forest somewhere, like you know, a couple of beer deer. Sorry, a couple of beers, a couple, of, <laughs> a couple like a couple of deer are walking by, you know, bending over to get to drink from a stream. <laughs> cuts with their heads off. Bambi goes, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, honey. The great hero did this. Jack the Ripper will save us. <laughs> and of course, we cut over to the great hero, Jack the Ripper. is like, what did you think of my final slash? And Yami says, I hate to admit it, but that was really something, Jack. And the great hero, Jack the Ripper, dies saying, ha ha I just never got uh, to cut you up and then fucking falls forward and dies. This this guy was a good guy. We had a, the, he was a, a truly his character was truly the stuff of legends. It's a good thing that he was on our side the whole time. What a devastating loss to our heroes as well. Like, oh, I'm really gonna have to like carry this with us. Uh, oh no, who's gonna be the new captain of the Mantis? <laughs> Uh, we, Morgan is like, if that had landed, it would have finished me, but I guess I sideswiped. I, I don't know. I just, I dodged it. Oh, no, he was, he was like on the brink of death and he just kind of went, so it's not like his aim was very true. Yeah, it's like your, your stupid loser friend missed. Uh, and, you know, the little showdown with Yami. Uh, but Morgan finishes it by being like, it pains me, but many more people are about to die. But don't worry, you'll all be reborn and be happy together. And as that said, we cut to Mario Leona, who is fighting against uh, some of these angels. And it looks like they start dissolving her arm. So or like absorbing it or something. something. Yeah, it, it, it's not looking so great. So no, how is she going to fight them if they absorb her punches? It's uh-huh. not good. I don't know. So, yeah. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, yeah, I no idea why we had to dedicate a chapter to the the, the great final stand of Jack the Ripper. Well, but here we are. <laughs> I mean, there's only so many captains. I guess you could kill. That's I guess, true. and it was like that or Rill <laughs> or Dorothy Unsworth. You're just like who? I don't know. Yeah, very much like who gives a crap. But um, <laughs> Rill dies, and they're like, "Oh no, how are we going to come back from this loss?" Captain Rill could use two different types of magic. <laughs> it was pizza. so powerful. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's fine. It's it's fine. It's it's all fine. Uh, Nick, let's wrap this up. This is this was pretty wild. Uh, yeah. Um, so. I think that's it, isn't it? There's no mm-hmm. One Piece this week. There's no One Piece. Nick, how many yeah, series so, did we talk about this week? I didn't count. So, uh, Well, three, Black four. Endo said it was 13 at one point earlier in the chat, if you include the MVP and whatever. So, 13, guys. That. And that's just Prime. Yeah. Thank you, Black Endo.
We did. Yeah, good good job. Nice, nice, nice way to tie it all together. I'll never reference a prime number again. Uh, well, considering that I inferred a couple of points. <laughs> now, so. Nick, let's talk about our two favorite series in MVP. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is a little bit tricky. This was a very odd week, I, I feel like, uh, in terms of stuff. I think that my chapter of the week is going to go to Cypher Academy. It's Oh, I can see it's that. It's so it's so Yu-Gi-Oh. Like it's, it's so over the top ridiculous that the visuals that come up especially at the end where he summons the board of all the cards on it, the big friendship moments everyone has with this guy that everyone knows is like the weak one of the weakest members of their class but they still put their faith in them. And then just because they realize, like, we can't fucking have an enemy request to be our fucking leader. She sucks. Um, but there's also just, like, some of the references to, like, stuff that he's been through before. And it's, like, it feels like a big, an actual big, like, pinnacle to this arc of the story. And it's it's been it's been fun. Yeah. I like it. Um, it very good option. I struggled this week. This is because there's so many options. And legitimately, as what the recap was like, this is a great chapter. This is a really good chapter. This is a really good chapter. I think I have settled on Chainsaw Man solely because of how much I got sucked into that speech. Just as you said, it's a great way to describe it. The concrete wall you slam into at the end. (laughs) And how sad. And I love that it also ends with Asa's response of like, Ew! Ah! Like I don't know why, but that is very funny to me. So I'm yeah. gonna give it. I'm gonna give it chainsaw man. I totally understand you. My character of the week is gonna be Mikeru from uh, Kanebanashi. I love the way that he just lays things out. He puts things in perspective in a lot of in a lot of really good ways, and really impresses on you. Like, oh, this feels like a really big step forward that Akane is gonna need to take. Uh, and the meaning that uh, links him to like her father and everything that is being brought up again, all really good. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with the I picked by Karu as my uh, MVP as well for the exact same reason. Uh, there's a lot of great options. Ochera, o- Ocha, uh, Jack the Ripper, I guess, theoretically. <laughs> uh, y- uh, Yumika, um, tons of characters, I think, just all over the place you could pick. Um, yeah, Gina, Gina, Gina and Sean. Yeah. yeah, a lot of really good ones, but yeah, I, I agreed with my Karu. Uh The audience, by the way, I had this just a second ago, and I left, picked Chainsaw Man as their chapter of the week, and Kikoru mm-hmm. from uh, Kaiju number eight as the character of the week. So, All right. I'm interested. I know the votes changed as we were recording because there was a tie before, and now there's not. Yeah. But guys, that's going to do it for Weekly Manga Recap. Thank you all for joining us. We record the show here on twitch.tv slash Wednesday evenings beginning somewhere around 7.30 Eastern time. So stay tuned. And uh, also be sure to like follow us on social media and join the Weekly Manga Recap Discord because that's a great way to get an alert for when the stream goes live. Also, if you join the Discord server, you'll join our wonderful community of people who like to chat about manga and other dorky things like prime numbers. Probably not prime numbers very much. Oh, we're going to uh, create a prime numbers check, guys. We just talk about prime numbers. <laughs> and and, and, and uh, it will be very closely monitored and monitored. You better stay on topic. I I'm going gonna, gonna to mute the shit out of it immediately. It's like the YouTubers, YouTubers <laughs> chat. It's dead to me. 
And we come back a few months later. It's like, wow, this one also got really horny. I don't know how this happened, but it is. I go into it. I'm like, cat girls. How the hell did we get here? <laughs> They've got nine lives. That's not a prime number. It's not. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, in addition to that, you can use that to find the Google Doc that is maintained by Ninja X3i, who keeps track of all sorts of fun statistics associated with the show, conducts polls for like favorite moments of the year in both manga and from the podcast. And also, you can find out what recommendations we've done, which recommendations you can add your voice to in order to figure out a future series for us to cover, such as the one we're currently working on, Fire Punch. Yes, the uh, the first big series by Tatsuki Fujimoto, which we should be covering soon. Uh, you can also join the become a patron at patreon.com slash manga recap. That'll give us some great financial support. And also you get bonus content, which we have done recently. We did a buddy chat there where we spent most of the first half of it just playing Marvel Snap. Uh, but uh, most most people have said despite not having it on video because we decided to do it impromptu that it was still entertaining to listen to. So I thank you. So it's only so many yeah. times that we just get legitimately worked up at each other. So yeah, I'm just like, Nick, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Stop professor axing me. <laughs> Have some rocks. <laughs> no. Uh, and uh, also check us out wherever the podcast can be listened to. Uh, Podbean, uh, Podbean, which is weekmongrief.podbean.com, has all of our backlog on it. You can also listen to it on iTunes, on Spotify, generally wherever podcasts can be listened to. You can also watch the video version on youtube.com slash recap and check out the artwork. This is occasionally done for us by Steve Mann, who does some title cards for us. You can also check out his artwork and his various accounts listed under Steve Mann Art in various places. And uh, thank you to Winsley Cheddar and Milo Jack Stillitz for creating the opening sequence of the video version as well. And that's going to do it for Weekly Manga Recap. It is 10.08. That is definitely not a prime number. So, it uh, is not. However, Nick, I was thinking as we were like wrapping things up, I was like, okay. I was like thinking of like weird villain group themes. And I was like a villain group themed on prime numbers. Of course, the primes. That would be their name. And, like, mm. you just, like, I don't know, like, I'm 11, I have 11 tails, or whatever, and I'm 7, I'm lucky. You just, you just theme it around it. But, of course, every group needs a Yami. So, at the end, there's the surprise leader of the group, who is 1, and his whole thing is, like, I should be a prime number. I am a prime number. This world and its rules are unfair, and that's why I'm going to drop an anvil on this planet. A really big one, and that'll destroy it. That's I, I, need, I need to workshop his plan. Membership discussions amongst the group are always very contentious because it's like, look, we've got seven members right now. <laughs> So if we add any more members, we've got to add four more members because that's when we get to 11 and then we're still a prime number. It's like, but this guy's really powerful. It's like, no, we've got to get three more besides him if we're going to add more members at all. He shoots black holes. It's like, well, then you're going to have to fire one of us. You're like, Chuck, he just has a tail. He's like, yeah, but he has three tails. <laughs> that's a prime number. <laughs> How many black holes could this guy make at a time, huh? huh? Just one. They're like, look, that doesn't follow the rules of the group, unfortunately. <laughs> he, can, he can make four. <laughs> he has to make four at a time. Like, should have made Guys, two. we're trying to take over the world. Yes, but we're trying to do it while we're on brand, and that's very important. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, everybody. That's it. Weekly Longer Recap. Ah.